<laughs> hey now. What's up, man? It's John Stamos. On today's show. Here he is, Mr. Handsome. <laughs> Howard welcomes back actor, musician, and old friend, John Stamos. You know what's amazing about you? Every guy wants to hate you because uh-huh. you're so fucking handsome. And then you turn out to be a good dude. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. He unfortunately keeps looking good. Yeah. I keep waiting for you to get, like, a mess. It's going to happen. Like, yeah. right now you're playing a grandfather, but it's I like know. a joke. It's yeah. a joke that you're right. a grandfather. I <laughs> 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 could be. Hey now, everybody. Ah, yeah, this is a great song. Great American Nightmare. Even though I'm listed on this song as, you know, like Rob's, uh, I don't know what I'm listed as. I'm on the song barely, but. I was in the studio, and uh, I just, you know, I just walked in, and Rob already had the tracks, and he had already sung his part, and he just goes, just sing these lines, and I froze up. I didn't know what to do. He said, no, just sing like you do, like I've heard you on the radio. You can sing, just sing. And I, I, but I was listening to Rob's thing. I don't know, and I was trying to sing like him, so I would match his voice. And it was a disaster. It was really bad. Rob has never asked me to sing on another song again. I want redemption. I do. I think, you know, I should have just sang it like, hey, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, but I was like trying to go, hey, motherfucker. You know, I I didn't know. Why would he want another person sounding like him on the record? He kind of made it seem like that. I, he... I'm going to blame him. He didn't give me good direction. <laughs> he didn't make me feel. And also, there was some guy who, who was there who had worked on Nine Inch Nails stuff. And I was all intimidated. You know, can you imagine a guy who was part of Nine Inch Nails and Rob Zombie standing there while I'm singing my part? You'd go out of your fucking mind. I'm not a singer. Well, but I, you could I wasn't having fun. Um, you could have requested a closed set. Uh, it was just those two guys, and I, you know what? I didn't, I didn't understand because I see Rob does a weird thing. He like sings. Uh, I don't know what he's doing, but I, I look. It wasn't a good day. It wasn't. It wasn't my song. This is Rob's song. He wrote it, and ninety nine percent of the vocal you're hearing is him. There I am. You can hear me kind of going. I ended up going. I blew my voice out on the first take, so I'm going. <laughs> Why didn't he have you do yeah. this part, the talking part? Nah, I don't like that. My, uh, well, that my was cousin from something anyway. Yeah, my cousin in Blue Oyster Cult had me do a talking part. I'm on a Blue Oyster Cult, al- cult album, one of the later albums, like maybe their last album. And uh, I did a talking part, and it's really lame. <laughs> you know? It really, it really is. Your recording history has not been a good one. Nah, my musical history, I I just, I don't know what happened. I, my best shot at having a semi-hit song would have been working with Rob, and I blew that. You know? So, what are you going to do? Anyway, uh, Marianne from Brooklyn's Boyfriend, John Stamos, will be here. Right, Marianne? That's your boyfriend, oh, isn't he? Oh, how? You're my number.
number one main squeeze. He's number two. But, Howard, I am so excited. I saw him last December at Carnegie Hall with the Beach Boys. I was right in front of him. He was so fabulous, Howard. He is so talented. His acting, his drum, his, his sincere personality. And Howard, Howard? It is amazing that the guy from Full House now plays the drums for the Beach Boys. I mean, you know, I, know. I was saying this to my wife last night. I said, here's the really... You know, John's got an, a thing where, like, as an actor, because he's so handsome and he was on Full House, I feel he's not taken seriously. And as a drummer, because he was an actor on Full House, he's not taken seriously. But don't think for a minute, the Beach Boys, yeah, they like having John Stamos up there. Maybe he sells a certain amount of tickets. But John can fucking drum. I mean, he's a legit musician. In fact, uh, he used to... um uh, be very good friends with Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters, rest in peace. And those guys would send back tapes back and forth about drumming. And uh, he, he's very he's very knowledgeable and plays in one of the biggest bands in the world, Beach Boys. Howard, so, uh, I have a he, 1985. He started drumming. You know, like on, yeah, on air as a kid. People, amazing. No, as a I kid he started. No, he started, he started drumming as a kid. Marianne. As a kid, and then and right. then. Uh, but the amazing thing about John is, and what you can't really comprehend, and this is why I'm having him on, he's going to promote his book, but uh, you get about mm, 10% of the amount of women he's fucked. And I don't, I, I don't, he, he doesn't brag about it really, but his reality is so different from 99.9% .9 of the dudes who are going to be listening this morning. It's a reality you can't imagine. I've gone on vacations with John. I've seen it up close. It's fucking unbelievable. He mentioned you on page 11 how you're so interested in his wonderful sex life. And, but you know everybody's what interested. He's not conceited. You're right. He wrote that. He's not conceited. He's not, he doesn't boast. He doesn't brag. It's just so natural. Like, even just looking at the, the book cover, <laughs> just seeing him and thinking about him, he's just one of these well, all-time The dude American would walk into, act. like, he has a story in his book. I don't want to talk too much about this because I'd rather talk with him. But this is a story in his book where when he was on Full House, it's some girl from Penthouse Magazine. Now, you know Penthouse Magazine had high standards. Just walked into his room, didn't say anything. Something showed him his, her um, her book of pictures of herself. You know, whatever they call that. Her portfolio. Her portfolio. Yeah. All the portfolio because she was a naked model. She was nude or doing sex or something. She removed her clothing and fucked him, like just <laughs> like that, and then left. There was no, like there was no talking. No. Just <laughs> everybody knew what was going down. Oh, that kind of thing. And I also and, want to uh, say, he, 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 his love for his family, his mom, his new wife, his child. Yeah, I mean, that's okay, like too, him. but, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, finally cares. he's acting like everybody <laughs> else. Robin, I want to give him my portfolio, and then he'll run to the <laughs> Marianne, you got to get your portfolio together. Yeah, right? I know. My, right. As a matter yeah, of fact, this is how re women react to John Stamos. Here's Marianne losing her mind when John called her. This is uh, funny. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Marianne. It's John Stamos. <laughs> Marianne. <laughs> Marianne. <laughs> I, I just uh. called to say hi. I, I, no, I, I don't. I, 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 
Hello? How many times how many times did you uh did you come during that call? But you know what, Howard? I, he invited me to his two of his Broadway shows, and I met him backstage. And he couldn't have been nicer and more welcoming than anybody were I you, ever met besides you. Were you as weird when you went backstage to meet John Stamos? Were you as weird as you were with me? I don't think. No, I think I was a little calm. <laughs> I think it was a little calm, Howard. You're a little oh my intimidating. God. I think. You know, I, I talk to like, Marianne all the time. I always yeah, take calls from her and yeah. stuff, and I know I've known her for years. But it was weird. I, 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 I just, it was her birthday or something. I don't know what it was, but I was working at America's Got Talent and the amount of downtime you have on America's Got Talent right. is staggering. More of my life yeah. was wasted. I know when I'm dying, I'm going to be laying on my deathbed and I'm going to go, Christ, well, if I could just get back all that time I wasted waiting in the dressing room at America's Got Talent. Anyway, I said to the guys, Hey, why don't you bring Mary Ann back? We'll, we'll give her something for her birthday. I forget what it was, but we'll carry on and, and make her feel good. Cause she always makes yeah. me feel good. Well, she comes into that dressing room and shaking like you would have thought I was Mashiach the way she was carrying on. She's sitting there. Mashiach. And, and John is number two, but you're number one, Howard. And you know, you she, said happy she was to me. sitting there shaking and I go, Mary Ann. I mean, she was sweating profusely. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it was crazy. And I'm like, Marianne. And, you know, you're sitting there and going, hey, you know, Marianne's kind of good looking. I mean, not kind of. She's good looking. Like She's yeah. very presentable. You know, you're so shocked every time you see her because of that crazy voice. And you're sitting there and you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're presentable. And it's like uh, you're sitting there going, like the first thing you do is like, geez, would I fuck Marianne from Brooklyn? I go, kind of. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I'd be honored if she'd fuck me, quite frankly. But it was like it would be my honor and pleasure. Thank you, Marion. And she How was. Can I say I even I I was at the Animal League a, a few years ago too, and I are you getting embarrassed by this story? She was yes. so quiet. Like I go, Marianne, it's me. Let's talk. It's your birthday. Blah blah blah. <laughs> like, like all of a sudden she shut up i was like <laughs> i go this is weird talk. oh my couldn't God. get her to talk she goes i'm nervous i'm nervous I'm like, you oh my me, god you should have given me a phone howard maybe it's the phone thing you should have put me in another room with a phone <laughs> <laughs> anyway there oh, she I is marianne so from much. brooklyn love you I too okay. she... <laughs> you gotta hang up on her or else she'll go on all day um, oh, here's Bobo. What do you want? Hey, Bobo, what up? What's got, what's is on your John mind? Is your boyfriend too? Li- <laughs> yeah, he, uh, no, his no, wig, no. his wig went flying in the air when he saw Stamos. <laughs> uh, quickly, I Bobo. Say, I, I have to say, I really enjoyed the buildup of American Nightmare. Instead of you coming on right away, I love the anticipation of waiting your arrival on the air. I really do. All right. And well, I there you go, We can even pick you out in the song. <laughs> no, it's like, uh, it's, it's like Elvis, right? When Elvis came on, before he came on, the, the music he played, it's a buildup. It's excitement. What I think you know? Bob was referring to is when I come on live, uh, right. you know, during the song, oh, he gets so he's excited. talking about you yes. coming on the show. Yeah, I was going to, Bobo's listening to this and waiting to see when I'll come on. Now, I recently said to the staff, for a while, the whole song was playing out. I said, guys, you got to tell me when you're first putting on the song. Give me a 30-second signal. I because, noticed uh, that, and I didn't know whether you wanted the song to be no. playing that long or not. I'm sitting here bullshitting with the guys. I'm ready to go on. I've been sitting here since 6 o'clock in the morning. So I'm like, let's go. But nobody tells me. 
Anyway, Bobo, thank you for that comment. All right, Marianne's husband is on the phone. Yes, Marianne's husband. Hey, Howard, you know what? Do me a favor. You could fuck her all you want. I, you know, I could use the piece of quiet for it because she's fucking driving me crazy. I mean, not to be crass, but, but you know, if your dick's in her mouth, then she's quiet, and that's all I need right now. I need some fucking peace of quiet. <laughs> all right. Good one. Uh, that's one of our guys. That's not, obviously not Marion's. Of course, that's not Marion's husband. We Have we ever talked to him? I think maybe once. That sounds like Mike Perlman, honestly. <laughs> Mike Perlman <laughs> does one impression. It's Mike Perlman. <laughs> he's really good at it though yeah he's good he's, he is funny i'll give him that hey so uh a couple of things i want to talk about stamos will be later in the show wrote a book very good book i, lo- I like it a lot um this i like this is the donald trump i want back donald trump was with this dude anthony pratt an australian guy they're claiming that trump um Trump's palling around with this guy. He's one of the richest guys in the world from Australia. He's like the third richest guy in Australia, Anthony Pratt. He's palling around with his dude over at Mar-a-Lago. And Trump's blabbing uh, national secrets, literally where our troops are. You know, Trump, Trump, I think at heart, Trump still can't believe that he was president and that he wants people to believe he's somebody. So he starts bragging about this stuff. Well, you're supposed to not talk about where our nuclear weapons are and things. Trump's denying well, he really it, but, isn't very presidential. Yeah. The whole time he's trying to impress you with everything, yeah. he does. It'd be way more impressive if he says, hey, I was president, and he didn't talk about nuclear secrets. You'd be, wow, this guy okay. This wasn't asking for nuclear secrets. No. He's volunteering this Yeah, he... They, a guy was just hanging out looking to maybe spread some money Trump's way and get some inf- buy some influence. So anyway, in the conversation, according to this uh, new book, uh, or the New York Times, I don't know what it is, Trump bragged to him that he, he wanted to have Melania walk around the pool at Mar-a-Lago in bikinis so all the other guys could get a look at what they're missing. And I'm like, that's the Donald we had on our show. That's the guy we used to like to interview. Not all this political bullshit that he's up to, you know, carrying on and dividing the country. I, I, uh, that's the Don. I love that. Like, and you know what they said? Melania said to him, she says, Oh yeah. When you'll parade around in your bikini, I'll parade around in mine. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking that all of this is because Melania won't get in that bikini and parade around. Mitt Romney's got a new book out, Senator Mitt Romney, and he claims Trump went up to Mitt's son at a Patriots game and pointed out his new girlfriend, Melania. He says, you know, hey, there's my girlfriend, Melania. And Romney wrote, quote, have you seen my girlfriend, Melania? When I drop her, the phone's going to ring off the hook. Every guy in New York wants to go out with her. And um, that's... Trump was saying that to the son of Mitt Romney. Wow. He's such yeah, a conversationalist. Crazy. It's great. Yeah. When I <laughs> drop her, like no chance she could drop him. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny. But anyway, there you hold on. Oh, good. Perfect. Donald Trump. Hi. How you doing, oh. pal? Hello, Will Carrot and the latest Robin. Can you believe the fake news? My wife is so hot, I'm in trouble for it. Guilty. You know, showing off your sexy wife is the ultimate power move. Better than being president, frankly. 
By the way, Mr. Trump, what what did you call? Uh, you said I'm woke, Howard, and Robin's nickname is Elitist Robin. Elitist, you, you she's so elitist. She's so elitist. Just sitting there making these snide comments. It's sad. It's really sad. You feel Robin is sad. Well, she used to be super sexy with those fantastic jugs, but now she says mean things about me. Right, right. <laughs> that well. makes me an elitist. That's well, I right. find Robin. Anybody who says mean stuff is very elitist. <laughs> anyway, getting back to your wife, she is very Absolutely. beautiful, Melania. Melania, not, yeah. Not only beautiful, Howard, Melania is the most bangable first lady ever. And frankly, frankly, it's not even close because have you ever seen that hog, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, Barf City, oh. very gross. I think FDR faked polio just to get out of fucking her. Really? Yeah, and Mary Todd, more like Mary Tard. I mean, I was the president. I saw the paintings. I can make that joke. It's okay. But you know, the well, perfect thing about Melania is she's foreign enough to have that sexy immigrant vibe and white enough that my voters don't want to deport her. <laughs> I got it. You know, I'm thinking about all the different first ladies. I mean, Jackie Onassis was very uh, pretty, but... Uh, Too skinny, might... no boobs. What I about think you're right. Nancy Reagan? Nancy oh, Reagan. Are you kidding me? Oh my! She looks. <laughs> he looks like a wax figure. No thanks. No, I, I, you know you might be right. I think Melania. I'm going to give you that one, Donald. She's I way think up there sure. in the looks yeah. department. Oh, First way, lady, way, no way up. Yeah. No one, no, no one's even close. Match. It, but yeah. Donald, it does seem weird to tell your wife to parade around in a bikini at Mar-a-Lago. You know what I mean? To, to say that. Listen, listen, the whole point of a hot wife is, you know, that's the whole point is to have the parade around. I didn't get married for love. If I wanted romance, I would have turned gay. And by the way, by the way, <laughs> sorry, we don't all lock up our hot wives in our homes and never let them leave. I mean, I was the first president to ask his wife to rub her nips with ice cubes before the official portrait. And by the way, you can look that up. You can look that up. You know, and also, book? which book? Right, any of the books. Look any of the books. In other <laughs> words, know, that's a portrait. true story. You you were <laughs> posing for your portrait, and you said to Melania, "Put ice on your nips," right? And uh, bing, so just bing, to make the picture bing, hot. Bong, yeah, Bing Bing. It was right. beautiful. It was absolutely. And by the way, beautiful. I don't lock up my wife in our home. That yes, was a fake do. news. Fake that's, news. That's that's you lock her up. You lock, like Rapunzel. Rapunzel. We'll get back to the bikini. Talk, talk about well, the bikini. Whoever sees, well, whoever sees Melania, she locks herself up. Well, that's true. You got me on that one. That's true. But I also, <laughs> Donald, here's what, what I... Yes. Right. Yes. No, 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 I was, was going to say, say you, you, you mentioned the bikini bottoms, the bikini bottoms. Because uh, what I do is I had her hike those up, too, to get that look at the camel toe. Look at the camel toe. It's incredible. <laughs> And the fake media never wants to tell you these things because they, they, you know, they all have ugly, ugly wives, ugly wives. You feel all these stories about Melania are coming out because the media has ugly wives. Is that correct? Am I, am I misquoting you there? They no. all, listen, they all have ugly wives. They all have terrible, terrible. Your wife is beautiful, but you have to free Beth. Hashtag free Beth. You got to let her go. You got to let her get out there. It's true. It, it just, when I think about Melania and you kind of commanding her, walk around mm. the pool in a bikini, it seems right. embarrassing for her. I mean, what's the point of doing that? That is the point. Let, let me tell you a secret. All right. The source of all of my powers is people knowing I get hot pussy. 
I can have pussy anytime I want. Without it, I'm nothing. You know, I keep peace. I kept peace in the Middle East by showing the foreign leaders Melania's shower titty pics. You know, I saved a lot of lives. A lot of lives. Everyone's horny for her. That you have to agree to, right? You agree to that, right? Yeah, I once true. caught the president of Uganda sniffing her chair, and I walked in on Sean Spicer bidding off in the Lincoln bedroom. Slappy Sheen dumping his load everywhere. Wow. What do you call him? Slappy Sheen? I thought his name was Sean. Sean, Slappy Sean, Slappy Sean. Listen, I you got a lot on my mind, Howard. You talk so fast, Donald, sometimes I don't even understand you. I, you know what? I'll tell you what, though. The way you're putting it, it seems like I didn't realize Melania was such a valuable asset to this country. Oh, bigly. I mean, this is how I'm going to win in court. You know, the ugly lawyers, they'll be like classified material, this and insurrection, that. Meanwhile, Melania will be eye-fucking the jury. It's so smart. And during the closing arguments, she'll be miming, giving a blowjob. She's very good at it. Looks like she's blowing the invisible man. (laughs) Case closed. Four more years. Trump wins. That's your strategy, Melania's... All right, well, listen, uh, there was another story about Melania. Mitt Romney claims Mm -hmm. that Uh, you said when you were dating dating her that uh, you're going to dump her and the phone's going to ring off the hook after you dropped her. Mitt Romney wrote that. Oh, please. I mean, he took one look at Melania and he jizzed his magic underwear. It's true. What's Uh this? Who's who's at the door now? It's uh, it's Mitt Romney. Hi, Mitt Romney. Senator Mitt Romney. Happy everybody. October. Hi, well, happy Melania October to fun. you, Senator. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank well, you. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, I was just going to say, Melania is fine if you're into that sort of thing. But she's no Ann Romney. I eat her ass every night and don't stop until I get to the back of her teeth. Oh, get the fuck out of here. All right. Your wife looks like the Fox News reporter. They make work on the overnights and the weekends. Oh, well, such language. Well, don't you have like a million kids? That snatch must look like the Holland Tunnel. I mean, let's be let's be honest. I can't believe wow. you say these things. Do you kiss the spot where Melania's dick used to be with that mouth? I, I can't believe I'm debating wives with someone who's still on their first marriage. This is unbelievable, Howard. Yes, I'm on my first marriage, but when I die, I get my own planet with thousands of hot wives. It's Mormonism. You can't argue with it. That you actually know, uh, sounds like a great deal. Can I tell you something, guys? Uh, This represents the modern-day Republican Party. Senator Romney, you represent what it was like before Donald Trump. And, Donald, you represent this whole MAGA movement, you know? I mean... uh, What, do we like pussy? There's nothing wrong with that, Howard, all right? That's the one thing we do have in common. Absolutely. And listen, let Beth come to Mar-a-Lago in a bikini, all right? She can walk around the pool. It'll be fantastic. (laughs) You know, Mitt... Uh, Senator, rather, Mitt. Uh, yes, Howard. I feel like on my show, you're way looser. Like in 2012, when you ran for president, I think if you were more like this, talking about pussy and stuff, I think you could have. I think you could have won the presidency. People would have maybe responded to your looseness. What do you think of that? Well, hindsight is 2020. But yes, perhaps if I talked about fucking my wife Anne and her magic Mormon underwear. Uh, I would have gotten somewhere, but I just listen, didn't feel listen, it was right at the listen. time. To talk about pussy, you actually have to have pussy, if you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean? The same <laughs> woman over and over again. That's not pussy. That's not pussy. That's your wife, if you know. Oh, yeah. Well, your wife looks like the third best whore in Reno. Ooh. Ooh. Wow.
Wow, that's uh, that's very powerful. No, no. Mitt, yeah. do, you, do, you have a, do you have someone helping you out there? Is Ann slipping your lines or something? You know, <laughs> mean Mitt. Mean Mitt. You're so mean. It's you, unbelievable. You're nasty. You are crass and, quite frankly, are interrupting my morning blumpkin. You're oh. getting a blumpkin, uh, Senator? You're, yeah, he's you're, getting you're, a blumpkin. He doesn't even know what a blumpkin is. He thinks yeah, actually, Senator, that's true. I'm not quite sure what it is, but I'm he's, learning on the fly. <laughs> Senator, what is a blumpkin? If you uh, yeah, answer the question. He's confusing blumpkin with pumpkin because it's Halloween. What, they're, they're different? <laughs> I was you just having really my blumpkin. Very different. Sorry, you're not having your pumpkin spice latte. Your I think latte. a blumpkin, Senator, is you're moving your bowels while your, while your wife is blowing you. Oh, well, that's just a time-saving thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Well, <laughs> well, there we go. Oh, it's called disgusting. efficiency. Well, listen, uh, let's just settle this. I have the hottest presidential wife in history. I'm the greatest president in the history of presidents. And, Mitt, you're such a wuss, you actually retired. Who retires? What are you, 65? I'm going to be president when I'm 78. Not if right. I have something to do about it. Only losers retire. Only losers. Maybe I'll just have to run against you. Sure. Yeah, in your dreams. Well, you have no chance. Always have so. Men, yes, that's true, because real men work until their brains turn into porridge. It's true. Well, I retired because I wanted to spend more time laughing at your fat ass going to prison. I'm not going anywhere near prison. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm going to win all of these cases. Really? Well, you, wow. They don't have a chance well, to get, they have no real evidence. They have no real evidence. Well, one thing I agree, Donald, you have a beautiful wife. I always like Melania. She's so and, amazing. And Senator, and Senator Romney, you have a beautiful wife as well. I've seen, I've never Take met the easy. woman. Take it easy. Oh, Thank you very much, Howard. I appreciate I, that. We don't need to be attacked. Melania in the way is so though. incredible. She looks fantastic. I hope to see her very soon. She's so hot. Every month she comes in <laughs> underweight at the monthly weigh-in. Wow. Well, let me say, uh, Senator, thank you for appearing. Uh, but Robin, I'm going to throw it to you. And, and I know, uh, Donald, you like stuff like this. But you got Senator it? Romney in your bedroom mm -hmm. and you got Donald Trump in your bedroom. Which guy are you going to have sex with? Uh, oh, answer honestly. So it's very easy. easy. So it's very so easy. easy. Mitt Romney. Thank you very much. I knew Excuse that's where I was going. And that's wonderful news. <laughs> Robin, why Robin, I'd fuck earth? your brains out. It'd be a great Robin, time. Robin, why on earth would you want Mitt Romney? Why would you want him? <laughs> because no, honestly, he's handsome. I He's ha well, I'm handsome. You can't get me on looks. Everyone says I'm so incredibly, incredibly handsome. You pay those people. Rude, Robin. Rude, Robin. Rude, Robin. Have you ever tasted Mormon cum, Robin? Oh, no, I haven't. <laughs> Mine's right. the best. Mine's the best. It tastes like orange sherbet. There's no caffeine oh, is in that it. Right. <laughs> Actually, it is. It's true. All it's right. True. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. There you go. Uh, according to the news report and and uh, Senator Romney's uh, book, uh, there was a lot of bikini talk and Melania talk. Wow. Um, yeah. But there you go. Uh, Donald the, Trump. That's what the what is on the mind of the guy who was the most powerful uh, leader of the most powerful country in the world. Amazing. I'll tell you. Mitt Romney is a good-looking dude. You got to give him yeah, that. Yeah, he is. He, he kind of looks like he could be John Stamos's father. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. With the hair, yeah, yeah. He's a good, he's a good-looking dude. You know, I want to talk about something here. I was reading online. I don't, uh, 
really know Paris Hilton. I actually met her twice, Paris Hilton. I met her once at a party where she just said hello. And then I was at a Nick game one time with my wife. And she was sitting next to us. And she walked by and she said to my wife, uh, she said to me, hi, Howard. And and uh, she said to Beth, hey, gorgeous. Something like that. It was, it was <laughs> fine. It was nice. And um, in any case, I don't really know her. She's never really been on the show or anything. Um, but there's this thing going on. I guess Paris Hilton had a baby. I wasn't even aware of that. Yes, she, she be, did. She's a mom. Yeah, she's, she's be a lot more famous, I think, or she was more on my radar. But uh, she looks great. I mean, I think she's really good looking and stuff. But she's, you know, she's someone who lives online, and she's been posting pictures of her new baby online. You know, she's very proud of this baby. And it turns out uh, her son, Phoenix, is his name. Um, that people were making horrible comments about this baby of hers, mostly making fun about the size of his head. Oh, dear. I don't know if you saw the picture, but he's got a big head, evidently. I haven't seen him even. No, I I know she had a baby, but I don't follow any of these people. And I don't believe anybody on, I mean, you got to be a cruel son of a bitch to take a woman's baby and start ripping into the baby, saying the baby's ugly. I mean... Yeah, I, don't, I mean, what did she do to you that you would do that? But here's Even the thing. Even if the baby's ugly, you do not say that the That's baby right. is ugly. Yeah, I mean, it rips the heart out of it. You know, my kids, they're the best. I don't want, you know, I want to hear you making fun of their kid. But here's the thing. And I'm, I'm saying this to Paris Hilton on Peace and Love and anybody. Don't post pictures of your child online. I'll give you a couple of reasons why. Number one reason Kid deserves anonymity. Kid deserves not to be commented on by the public. If you're going to post something on, 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 online, then don't bitch about it when people are making fun of it. That's it. You know, there's a reason people keep things private. It seems like today no one can keep a fucking thing private. I, I got many friends. Their whole lives are online, yeah. I got many friends, and I scratch my head over this, who post pictures of their kids online. And I sit there and I go, number one, why the fuck are you doing that? You're inviting, hey, at the worst, you could be inviting a stalker who sees one of these kids. I don't know, kidnap or something, some weirdo, some fucking freak who's going to sit there and make these kids miserable or you're inviting some sort of comment, even if the comment's like, hey, she's got great tits or some shit like that. I mean, let that be up to the kid. When the kid gets older, they want to post pictures of themselves and put them out there for the public. Okay, gotcha. I mean, you can't do anything about that. But I don't get it. They even post where their kids are, like where you can find them. It's fucking insane. It's insane what they're doing and i don't get it i want you know i don't i don't say anything to people that i know i don't say hey why are you doing that but jesus well it's Christ, already done yeah yeah you can't yeah. take it back you're inviting a whole slew of problems not to mention the worst problem is they're going to make shitty comments about kids and why would you do that why would you even do that to them i don't even understand it so Paris, I get that you live your life online and you like being famous and all that other shit, but, but leave the kid off there. What are you doing? Why would you do that? People are vicious online. I don't read anything online about myself ever. I used to have um, the, what do you call that service? It was It's like Google News will 
you could type in your own name and they'll send you stuff if uh I used to do it in the beginning. I was like, oh, that's cool. I won't miss any articles about myself. Well, 99% of these articles are horrible about me. <laughs> you can't even find a good one. Yeah, I'm untalented. I'm not funny. Um, you know, it, it runs the gamut of like, I suck. I used to be good or now I'm good, but I used to be bad or, you know, no one can make up their mind. And quite frankly, I find it confusing and draining and debilitating. But Paris Hilton wrote, this hurts my heart more deeply than words can describe. I've worked hard to cultivate an environment that is all about love, respect, and acceptance. And I expect the same in return. Are you, uh, what dream world are you in? Honey? Yeah, really? Yeah. I don't like people making comments about your baby, but you, you're going to get them and you deserve them if you're going to post your kid's fucking face on online. What do you think's going to happen? People feel people feel it's a picture not a human being and they're going to comment on it they also feel that her life is too good and they want to throw some shade into it it's jealousy yeah yeah and by the way i swear to god some people seem to think having a kid is so you can go online with them i mean enjoy your child for you know Enjoy your child and enjoy the experience of being a parent. Don't use that. It's a use. You're using your kid online to get some sort of, I don't know, approval to show how great you are, to show what kind of mother you are. Well, it's sort of like this, this, uh, you know, copying the royals. You know, whenever they have a baby, that baby must be shown, you know, the first pictures of Prince William and Prince Harry were big deals and all of that stuff. And so people get it into their head. Oh, wait a minute. I'll, you know, because for a while there, it was a big deal in, you know, these celebrity magazines. The first pictures, we have the exclusive first pictures of, you know, whoever's baby. You can't create a, um, you can't create a perfect world online. You just can't. And and you can't create this image that you're such a great mom. You know, like, oh, I'm such a great mom. Look at me with my baby. And, you know, and you're not allowed to say anything. I'm posting this. You're, you're living in a dream world. And you're putting Even that when, kid. I yeah. look at it as child abuse. I honestly do. I'm not saying she abuses her kid, but I'm just saying no. putting your kid online, especially an infant or any kid who can't consent. Don't do it. Put your kid anywhere. Every time it turns out badly. You know, just look at That's my thoughts. She winds up in pretty baby. And, you know, years later, it's like, oh, my God. The the kids who were in Romeo and Juliet 100 years ago are suing the movie company because they were so young and they were doing these nude scenes and kissing scenes and all. Don't do it. I'm not sure why they do it, but I, I got to say, most people I know do it. And I guess it's a little strong to say it's abusive, but it, it is. Well, I know they're proud, but they're it proud. Is a I get personal it. thing. Yeah, you know, it's it's your family. It's not for general consumption. Yeah, it's just not a good thing. I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't claim to be an expert in any of this social media stuff, but it seems like you're going down a weird path with that stuff and. And also, so evidently, people were saying the kid had a giant head. And uh, and then even people who were trying to be nice are going like, hey, I'm a nurse. 
And, um, you know, you might have, uh, what was it, the comments here? I got to wrote them down. So fucking crazy. And the kid's a cute kid. Just, you know, just keep the kid to yourself. Why do you need to post a picture of your kid online? Um, some of these are brutal. Uh, the boy is a living Funko Pop. I didn't what? even know what a Funko Pop was, but evidently it ain't a great reference. It's like some sort of toy or some shit that, like, basically has all head and, like, 10% yeah. body. The boy surely has a great future ahead of him. Head, you know. Um, I remember seeing this little fella in a blanket in the front basket of a bike in the 80s. That That's a reference to E.T., yeah. That he looks like E.T. It's cruel, man. I, I, I'm with her on that. It's cruel and I don't like to see it. But if you keep the kid off the social media, you wouldn't have any of this None going on. None of this on. would be happening. Yeah. I'm like, this is a, a supporter of hers. I know she's aware of his disability. Like, this is where people are trying to be nice and they're knocking the kid. Uh, beautiful baby has brain inflammation. Could be autoimmune. Now people are. This is what they do. They now start making medical. Diagnosing. Yeah. yeah. Baby has macrocephaly. My cousin had it. I don't know what macrocephaly is, but they're putting... You know, it's like when I was born, the doctor looked at me and he said to my mother, your son has a beautiful smile, just like a mongoloid. And, uh, you know, I'm living with that. My mother told me that story every day of my life. Yeah, you shouldn't know that story. Yeah. She, she said, oh, the and doctor said, hey, you smile like a mongoloid. <laughs> my mom was my best troll. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but this child will grow up and that'll still be online. The cute They'll little kid. Read what things were said about himself as a baby. He's a cute little boy. You know what, Paris? God bless you. That's so nice. You got a nice baby. Raise him the best you can. Give him lots of love and keep him offline. And you don't have to deal with any of this shit. It's painful for some people to be offline. They can't handle it. You know. And by the way, microcephaly is what Beetlejuice has. I mean, the kid doesn't right, have that. No, but they were saying macrocephaly. Oh, okay. They weren't saying micro. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Macro. What is macrocephaly? Oh, that would be a big head. No, I Me? see. <laughs> hey. Hey, who's this? Is this Paris's baby? Who, me? Go for you. <laughs> go for you. Go for you. It's crazy. I, 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 really, uh, I really advise people not to do that. It's, it's so stupid. So stupid. Stop posting your kid. We get it. You have a kid. You know, my parents were the opposite of this. My parents well, they refused. They didn't even carry your picture, did they? They refused to carry a picture of me or my sister in their wallet. I don't carry. These people at work, they're driving me crazy. They're showing me pictures of their children. My father, everything drove my father crazy. What are they doing that for? And then my mother would join in. Like, like, like whatever his <laughs> opinion was, was her. They were a cult. <laughs> it was a cult of each other. And, and you know. There's, these people at work are showing me pictures of their children. Who cares? I don't have time for that. <laughs> I never once carried a picture of my children in my wallet. Of course not. Who am I going to show that to? Oh, no. I mean, in my wallet. My father had, like, when my father died, I was going through his wallet, 
He had his original business card. He had all the great memories of his life. But he, you, you know, weren't he didn't, in there? It never occurred to him to say, well, I don't have to show him the picture of my son to other people, but maybe I'd like to look at it when I open yeah. my wallet. And yeah. it never. My father and I had no relationship whatsoever. Well, I shouldn't say that. It was there was some real. It was the relationship. It was there was That's a relationship. Right. I guess. <laughs> Just you didn't enjoy it. <laughs> no, he didn't enjoy it, and I didn't enjoy it. It's so funny too. I mean, I took care of my father right up until the end. When I say take care of him, I mean everything financially. I I made sure his health. Well, you know, I, I monitored everything. I took care of him like. Well, that that's what kids who. Uh, I've been traumatized, do. They go right to their... They, oh, go overboard. They do. Yeah, to they the try end. to show what their parents should have recognized, you know, the, to, what yeah. should have done for you. To the end of that relationship, I was trying to prove to my father or trying to move him or get him to say something to me. But, you know, my father, I don't think I ever shared this with you. My father's last words to me, I went... Went there. I didn't know it would be the last time he'd be, you know, conscious. Uh huh. But he looked up at me, and I was trying. I tried to like. I was gonna touch his hand or something. I don't know. And then I was like, oh, that'll be a bad idea. But he did look up at me, and we were we were getting putting our coats on, getting ready to leave. I was with Beth, and he said, um, "Uh, you, you look like that guy on TV." And uh, boy, oh boy. I hold on to that memory. It was so lovely. <laughs> so personal. <laughs> and then I remember he pointed to Beth and he looked at her. And you know what he said? It was sweet. What? One word. He went, pretty. <laughs> You're pretty. Very pretty. <laughs> and that was it. And that was our last <sighs> words. And it was fitting. It, it was. Uh... It doesn't get better than that, you know, to make that emotional connection at the end of someone's life. It's uh, quite remarkable. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, but my father was the opposite of Paris Hilton. Uh, he um, he would never he have put a picture put of me picture online. Anywhere. <laughs> no, he he didn't have any pictures of me. I come to think it of it, I don't think. Known. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think there was ever a picture of me in the house. <laughs> nothing it was a weird fucking scene me growing up i was talking did to my buddy a camera? Yesterday. oh yeah yeah my father did take uh eight millimeter films he okay. did uh when we'd go on yes he did he was good yeah. with that i have to say there are films of me my dad's like uh filming us out and throwing snow he's throwing snowballs at me i do have that <laughs> <laughs> he was throwing them at me uh, see there are some pleasant memories oh yeah that's a that's a good one that one's etched <laughs> in my head i have this beautiful video of my father tossing snowballs at me <laughs> i think i was three uh, there's some of those old films are heartbreaking um there's one of me as a little boy i never uh, crawled i only bounced on my ass believe it or not i was um hmm. i think i was developmentally challenged because most About kids it. crawl but I bounced on my butt to get to places and never learned to crawl. But there's one vid there's one film of me bouncing on my butt 
with my father's pipe in my mouth and reading the New York Times like I'm <laughs> bouncing around because I wanted to be like him. I, that's what uh -huh. my dad did. He'd smoke a pipe yeah. and he'd read the New York Times. And, you know, I worshiped the guy. I did. I, he was my hero and everything. I don't know. And just didn't get much return. Like, you should see it work. My partner, he had three partners. My partner's showing me pictures of their children. He was like, what the fuck? He, what the hell am I going to do with that? <laughs> I'm there to work. Like the guys were probably proud of their kids and just yeah. wanted to bond with him, yeah. but like he's like unbelievable. I don't, I don't know. I don't even have a picture of my children. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Who's going to look at that? Who's looking for that? We are children for ourselves, not uh, anyone else. That's right. That's right. And they they would just harp on it over and over, like like driving a, a stake into a vampire. They'd just be like, he didn't know what he was doing to you. No, you know he he acted like you couldn't hear. You're right. Well, I was there. a little I was a little kid. I thought, oh wow, my parents are great. They don't carry pictures of me. I really admire them. You know, like you're a kid, you you think they know what they're talking about. You then get you see everybody else and how they talk about their kids and. Show yeah. pictures. You realize, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. Uh, my parents are the only parents who don't show pictures of their kids. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, let's go to uh, Helen. Helen in Indiana. Hi, Helen. Hey, hey, good morning, Howard. Good morning, Robin. Good morning, Fred. Hey, I don't mean to be funny, but in the in reality world, we're, we're all not parents. Why do people say good morning, Fred? Uh, I barely hear from this guy. Why does everyone say good you morning, Fred? You don't say Fred? good morning, Fred, and he's right there. No, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at him right now. I don't say good morning. Why? Who, I would see. I see Robin. I mean, good morning, Robin. I, that's fine, but uh, mostly just say good morning to me. Okay, go ahead, Helen. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt well, him. Since um, all of us are not like we live in reality, we usually post things for our, to, for our families that live, you know, across the country so they could, you know, be a part of the family where you save a stamp. You know how we used to yes. write letters and send pictures? We save a stamp. But poor Paris Hilton should not have posted this kid's picture because no. I really don't, I don't mean to be funny, but that kid's head is, it's really big, almost to the point. Well, let like, me tell Helen, Helen. Here's the thing. I'm not looking yeah, to knock she's had kid. enough. <laughs> she's had enough abuse. I don't think uh, Paris Hilton is the best thought out person. I think that she has gotten this fame from just putting herself out there. And let's face it, she's an attractive girl. I'm, I'm being sincere when I say to people, forget about Paris Hilton. She'll be fine. But don't post pictures of your children, you know, if you're a public figure. And then not, and then expect to act like to have everyone not comment. You're putting it out there for that's what social media is. People want to comment. You got no right exactly. to say, "Oh, people are mean." If you're going to sit there and and it's just a dumb thing. That's all. Okay. No, and what her family should have done, like my family, we would have roasted her. We would have said, "Yes, your kid has a big head. Why is your head? <laughs> why is your kid's head so big?" If she came from our family, she'd be roasted. Like, wow. literally. All right, I finally found someone who's got bigger issues than me. That's some family you got. Thanks, right. I love you. All right, Thank Helen. You. Love you. Wow. I carry a picture so people can make fun of my son. Keep him humble. <laughs> 
Amy in uh, Texas. Hi, Amy. Hey. Um, hi, Fred. Um, hi, Fred. Yeah, I work- hi, my Fred. <laughs> I work in neurosurgery, pediatric neurosurgery. My coworker showed me a picture of this head yesterday. We were like, I hope there's been a referral made. They need to check out fluid spaces, you know, make sure this kid doesn't need a shunt. Well, All the things that come with big heads. At least a rapid MRI. But that's why you go to the doctor. See, that's the but, thing. Well, you know, maybe Paris Hilton knows that this kid doesn't have a medical problem. He just has a big head. Now everyone's speculating. And you know what? That would drive right. me crazy as a parent. Wait a second. Everyone's saying my kid needs a shunt in his head and blah, 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 blah. You don't need any of that. What's the point? The baby's been checked out. It's not like she I'm had sure. the baby in the woods and has never taken him to a doctor. I think yeah. that some of these people who are famous for being famous want their kids to be famous. Yeah. And they're like getting them famous as early on as they can. They want other people to be, uh, you know, cared about them. By the way, what is a head shunt? I think I need one of those. I got to stop it's the thought. It's a tube they put yeah. in to drain the fluid from your head. So your head, you know, when you're uh, born, the the skull is not a solid mass. It is there to allow you to grow. So there's a lot of room in there. And if the, you know, cerebral fluid doesn't drain out, it collects in your head and pushes those bones out. Nice. I'm sure I needed that. I never got that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Amy. Uh, Head shunt. That's what I mean. Then you invite all these comments. I think the baby needs a head shunt. And I'm like, uh, you really want to hear that shit? I don't get it. Don't do it. I'm just giving you. Well, advice. I think you're, you know, because I think back to the days of, you know, even in Sunny and Sharon, they used to bring Chastity out. She was the cutest. And I know, but look at how difficult it was for that child to develop. She hated it. She wrote in a book, he now, I hate it. They used to bring yeah. out chastity in a bikini and um, or like a tube top or something. And it was, she was always kids. like sort of sometimes dressed like her mom. Yeah. I loved seeing Sonny and Cher's kid on the Sonny and Cher hour. I did, but it's none of my business. When, when you are famous, you don't, it's not like you need the money or something. So what are you doing it for? What do you need? What do you need your kid to be famous let your kid be famous on their own. They'll figure it out. I mean, my God, it's the worst thing you could do. I'm just telling you. But uh, There's anyway. There's plenty of examples of it not working out really well. I don't know why people are still shocked when it goes You got wrong. that right. Michael Jackson used to run around with his kids in masks. That's not a bad idea. Um, you know, when I was young, my parents, uh, they were asked many times, is he wearing a mask? Uh, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> and they had to explain, no, that's his look. <laughs> Just um, There's a couple of things I wanted to mention. I've been in touch with Meg Griffin, one of the famous DJs out of New York. I worked with her early on in my career. And uh, she, I told you, she was the best f- DJ, female or otherwise, that I ever heard. She was so natural on the air and everything. Anyway, I've been in touch with her, and she's been out. She was out with an illness, but she's oh. back. Yeah, Meg's fine she's now. She's coming back. 
coming back. She said, hey, could you tell people I'm coming back? I said, you sure they missed you? She goes, oh, they missed me. They had to have. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll mention you're coming back. And I'm really glad she's coming back. Yeah, don't want her to be ill and off the air. No, no I, I, um, in fact, I had a massive crush on that Meg Griffin when I was uh, a DJ just starting out. She was the best DJ I ever heard working at this shitty radio station. I was like, I can't believe she's working at a shitty radio station. Made me feel good that somebody that good at being on the radio and that knowledgeable about music would be at the radio station I was working at for four bucks an hour. But she had this massive desire to play her music. <laughs> and at this station, they didn't give a fuck what you played because no one was listening. <laughs> so she was she happy could do with whatever she wanted. Yeah. yeah. She could have gotten a job in Manhattan making big bucks on the radio. But she was like, no, I need to play what I need to play. And I'm like, wow, that she is a different many jobs day. like that over the years. You know, like yeah. she would be at the biggest rock station and then leave. And not only that, she was very beautiful, too. So I was like, wow, she's the whole package. Hot. Talented. Oh, man. But also committed. Committed. <laughs> Dude, that scared me. I didn't know anyone that committed. Like That seemed kind of crazy. Because like my father would say, that's crazy. Yeah, who cares? My father would go, who cares what music you play on the label? Go in there and do your announcing. <laughs> Yeah, my father wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't have understood Meg. If Meg was my, yeah. you know, my bride, he would have been like, oh, she take $4 an hour to play records? She could go to Manhattan and make a $400 an hour. What's wrong with her? <laughs> <laughs> Something's wrong with her. And Howard's in love with her. <laughs> she was dating a guy. At the time, Joe from Chicago, and boy, I was jealous of him. She was on the radio. He was on the radio. They were both very good on the radio, but I was like, wow. And they and Meg was very kind to me. You know, she's one of the few beautiful girls. Who, like her and Joe would take me to dinner. Uh, we'd go to the, there was a diner, like a vegan diner or something that they set up. It was weird. It was like uh, very ahead of its time, and we'd get milkshakes and things like that. Oh, Have whatever. you been watching The Bachelor too much? It's she and Joe. Oh, did I? Did I? Was my? I I I do uh, sometimes when I'm talking. I do fuck that up. Yeah. yeah, she and Joe. You know, you're right. And my wife corrects me all the time. I can't get that straight. You know, I didn't have much of an education, Robin. I I apologize <laughs> for my poor grammar. <laughs> Nobody in Roosevelt uh, learned grammar. Oh, that Roosevelt! Don't get grammar me started. wasn't used in Roosevelt. No, no one spoke. No one spoke well in uh, in Roosevelt. None of us who went there. Anyway, uh, yeah, my um, my recollection of Meg was she was hot and everything, and she was so nice to me. But she would never look at me as a man. You know what I mean? In that way. Well, I wonder what yeah. would have happened if both of you were single. She was into Joe. It wouldn't have mattered. I would be the last guy she would look at. I'd be honest oh, with you. Yeah, I was a mess, and I wasn't good on the radio. There was no redeemable anything to me. The women like Meg did not look at me as a catch. She'd be the first to tell you. 
I'm sure um, she was repulsed. You know, she had everything going for her. I didn't have anything going for me. I was a loser. You know, no money, bad at my job. Uh, you name it. Uh, there was nothing redeemable about it. <laughs> you, there was no reason. All the boxes. I didn't tick one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't tick one box. That's a great way of putting it. And that is grammatically correct. You know. She loved playing the music of the Ramones. She didn't want to date someone who looked like Joey Ramone. She just wanted. <laughs> oh, now stop uh, she could have had. She could have had any Joey. guy. She could have had any guy she wanted. I'm telling you, she was that hot. In fact, she was on VH1. She was one of the original uh, VJs. And she quit that job because they yeah. played lame music. You know, I was like, what? You, you know. It was crazy. Was she ever one of the DJs who uh, slept with the rock stars? I don't believe so. She had too much to tell. I don't believe. Listen, I don't know her that well. She didn't want to know me that well. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm sure. I bet you Meg's got a lot of stories of rock stars who hit on her. Yeah, she was just adorable. So. Yeah. They, she was just adorable. So anyway, uh Meg is back on the air. She gave me a li I didn't know she did so much for Sirius XM. Classic Vinyl 26. She's uh, on 6 a.m. to 11 a.m., Monday through Friday. Listen to this. Beatles Channel 18. She's on 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., Monday through Friday. Deep Tracks, 2 to 6 p.m., Saturday and Sunday. And soon she will return to The Loft with Meg Griffin's Disorder Show, Saturday and Sunday. How does Sirius the... get along when she's not here? I'm surprised the whole thing that he closed out. <laughs> <laughs> I, who knew she had so many shows? Where have I been? I've oh, heard her on man. Deep Tracks and I've heard her on the Beatles channel. She's wonderful. She's very, very excited. She is. She's woman. great. Yeah. She's on every channel on Sirius but mine. What do you think of that? <laughs> but anyway, uh, the, the Meg Griffin, there you go. She's doing she's back. She's back, and uh, she's on every channel. There you go. Back and on every channel. Yeah, she's doing good. I said, you know, she said to me, would you mind mentioning that I'm back? I said, no. You know, I'm still the guy. I'm still in my head, the young guy trying to imagine what it would be like to you be in your pants. You still want her. <laughs> uh, yeah, always. Are you kidding? <laughs> Absolutely. I want to thank our sponsor, our dear sponsor, ZipRecruiter. If you're hiring, ZipRecruiter can help. ZipRecruiter works for you to find great candidates fast. It's smart technology identifying qualified candidates for you so you can invite your top choices to apply. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash 100. They're the best, right? Right, Robin? Yep. They, what is they'll this? get you who you need. Eric, what do you want? Massachusetts. Oh, hey. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Hey, Howard. Oh, my yeah. God. This is great. Um, so I, my daughter, when she was born, she, uh, her head was enormous. I'm not even going to lie. Um, and when she learned how to walk, if she lost her balance, boy, her head went down and went down fast. Wow. Um, but you know what? She grew out of it, and she was fine. That baby there will be fine. Go. Of course. Yeah, I'm just saying if she's... If you're if you're getting a bad if you're getting bad vibes from people on social media, just don't post your kid. You won't get any comment. 
Exactly. No, yeah, no, I didn't put it online. I'm just talking about, you know, the right. family, you know, we gave, you know, we messed around, but she got over it. She, she was turned out fine. Well, imagine if you would put your daughter yeah, online. online. Let's say, especially imagine, that's, that's Eric, imagine you, you were famous. Imagine but, you like were. You said, uh, that poor kid's gonna, oh, oh, my God. Can guy. he hear you? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to say to him, imagine you were famous, Eric, and you put your kid online and then people start commenting on her head. You would have thought something was wrong with her. That's the point I'm making. You can't sit and go, don't make fun of my kid. Don't post your kid. Nobody needs to see your kid. There's plenty of kids out there to look at. Yes, Barbara, what's on your mind in New York? Hey, Howard, how are you? Hi, Fred. Hi, Robin. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to... <laughs> I hey, just Fred. wanted to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say that I think you should have Meg Griffin on the air because I want to hear if she found you revolting. No, nah, she did. She wouldn't be. She's a, she's a sweet woman. She would say, oh, Howard, I thought you were terrific. She would say that. But the answer is. Uh, <laughs> it would she, be a mercy thing. Listen, <laughs> girls like her were not attracted to me. It was a very few. In fact, even girls not like her weren't attracted to me. <laughs> it was very difficult. <laughs> You know, I had a bunch of sexual experiences starting when I was 16. Well, I was 13, I had a girlfriend. But the thing that was weird to me is no one wanted to be like my girlfriend. They would fuck me once in a while. But no one, <laughs> once, once they did, they were gone. You couldn't find them anywhere. I mean, what happened to her? You know what I mean? There was I, never like a They would a girl. disappear themselves. They, they yeah, it was down. A, yeah, it was like I, I couldn't find them. They were like they went into witness protection. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, and you didn't well, know me back then. The W. I didn't sound good on the air back in the day. Amazing. Meg Meg was such an accomplished um, announcer. She was so good at it at such a young age. She was a natural. I was the opposite. I had to work very hard to get myself it would be comfortable. Interesting so, to see her rating of you. Well, she knew I was no good. In fact, uh, I won't go into it. All right, Barbara, thank you. I was lame on the air. Oh, here's Meg Maybe Griffin saying, "Will, will oh, she's what on the air." Meg Griffin is a tape of her saying, "Howard sounded lame," and she's right. I can't. What was he like on the air? Um, you know, I guess if I had to come up with a word that I sort of recall, uh, I would I would think lame. You know, I mean, you're asking yeah, me, right. and Howard, as honest as he is on, or was, I should say, on America's Got Talent or whatever. I know you don't want me to fluff it up or whatever. It, it was kind of lame. It was just like he was trying to find his way. And I think part of that was most of the rest of us on the air there were really like living the music life and going to shows and listening to records all the time. And we had all been doing this long before we ever became DJs. Even though I know Howard listened to stuff, I'm not sure how much of that musical life he was actually living when he first started trying to be a DJ. And, and that was obvious in in how he sounded on the air. He sounded more like, and I'm not faulting this, but that he was just trying to figure out, as I said earlier, uh, how to get the foot in the door and how to stay in the door. She's absolutely right. I can't argue with that assessment. She's right. I had no interest in becoming a music DJ. I wanted to figure out how I could become the biggest thing on radio. And I was starting way at the bottom. 
<laughs> you were Way starting at the bottom. below the floor. <laughs> yeah. There was nothing, and, uh, you know, I was a very shy guy. I wasn't uh, outgoing. I, there was no reason that a woman as uh, together as Meg Griffin would have any interest in me. It would just not happen. Well, I don't think you were at that time vocalizing any of this. And so there they were all going to the shows, hanging out, talking about the music, playing music for each other. Yeah, that was a whole lifestyle. Yeah. And I wouldn't do that. I didn't want to know any of them. I didn't want to go listen to music. I wanted to go just like I am today. I do my job. I'd hang out at the radio station. I'd go home. I lived in a monastery. I went to sleep in the monastery. There was a vow of silence. I I go to bed early. There was no television allowed, and I get up. Didn't you and get have to, to get station. into that place at a certain hour? You couldn't yep. just be hanging yep. out in the street. No, lights out at ten o'clock. You weren't going to no parties. <laughs> uh, and once you step foot in there, you couldn't talk. Wow! And that was my life, and I was happy with it. I was fine with it. I didn't want to go to shows. I didn't want to be around any people. I wanted nothing to distract me from getting good on the radio. Why would a woman be into that? Why would a woman be into that? You couldn't even get into that. You wouldn't be around. No. I was what they call odd. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> yeah. There was no fucking around with me. And once I got my shit together, I surpassed everybody. You know, because uh, I had singular focus. Nothing would hold me back. Even like I knew guys wouldn't even travel. Uh, when I was in Hartford, they said, hey, we want to hire you in Detroit. I didn't give it a second thought. I went right to Detroit. Nobody wants to live in Detroit. I went. I was like, that's yeah. it. When Most you... people are trying to get out of Detroit, Detroit yeah. at that time. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I went. I didn't care. I wanted to You're be in like a major a market. You're like a salmon fighting your way upstream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, uh, let me see what else is on these lines. Nikki, what's up? Hey, this January is the 10-year anniversary of the best birthday bash you ever put on. Mm. Are you going to replay the entire thing, or can I watch it somewhere? I believe the birthday bash is up on the app, the whole thing. So you could always, you know, our app is, I'm, I'm, I'll do a little commercial here for the app. We got a section on the app, Howard 100, Howard 101. It's tons of material. And, yeah, the birthday bash is great. There was a lot of discussion about this. What? Do I want a birthday bash because it's like a big birthday coming up? Oh, that's right. And yes. I put the axe on it. I said, no fucking way. I wanted, you I still. You didn't want another one of those? That was no, such a I, great night. Yeah, but here's the thing I'm trying to trick people into thinking I'm young. Ah. Uh. And you if don't you're wanna... yelling your birthday date, you yeah. know, like what your age is, I guess that gets imprinted. Yeah. Yeah. I won't even say my age because I still think I'm young and hip and sound youthful. Uh, as you soon do. as I start. Yeah. I am. Um, I am not going to broadcast my age and celebrate my age because I might Why get people thinking. Why do you broadcast mine? <laughs> yeah. Exa well, you who cares because you can handle it. I can't. You have a much better, you have a much better healthy situation than I do. 
Really? Uh, yeah. I, you know, I am a young man, and the kids <laughs> out there should know I'm 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 hip. Yes, sir. I would, you know, uh, yeah. When, when uh, Post Malone kept saying, "Sir, sir, 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 sir." I'll tell you what. That's the point. I'm a contemporary of Post Malone. <laughs> like you know. By the way, I got to say one thing. I got to take a break, and and uh, and John will be in the next hour. But that Post Malone song that he wrote, you know, I'm always amazed that there's any songs left to write because really, I, you know, coming up in the '60s and '70s, then the '90s. Oh my God, it was such great music. I figure. Thank God I'm not a musician and I don't have to come up with a song because I'm amazed that someone could still come up with a song that I haven't thought up or somebody, you know, the Beatles haven't thought of, the Stones haven't thought of, Guns N' Roses didn't think of. And this right. guy did a song on the air that was so good, I still got it in my head. When he came in with that orchestra and the band and the choir and, the choir, and he sang a landmine. And oh my God. That landmine was so good. And I'm saying that guy with the tattoos all over his face. before. Yeah. He sat down in some room and thought that up. And you look at him and you go, well, he can't do that. <laughs> you think he'd be living on the street. But this guy's got the gift. No, it's unbelievable because I know some people are like, why does he get to do How come he can do it? He can do it. You know, because he too there. sat in a room alone for a long, right. long time. It's what it takes. You want to be good at something, you got to be willing to say, fuck it. Go live in the monastery and think about what the hell you're doing. And you can do it, but you got to you gotta just give up all fun. But uh, this guy wrote this song, and I'm sitting there last night, and again, it's in my head. And I go, how the hell he come up with this? Because every great song has been written already. Jesus. Here it is. Couldn't come out of that guy, but it did. Anyway, isn't that something? He wrote yeah. that. And I'm sitting there going, well, what the hell? I mean, that's pretty good. I was humming that all that. I'm like, la, 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 la. You know who got, yeah, you know who got annoyed with me? <laughs> my wife goes nuts. And I get a song in my head. <laughs> Beautiful song. Good for him, man. Yes, it is. Love it. Yep. 
you know, I, I was thinking about reminding me of uh, Billy Corgan when he um, when he put out that classic album, and it, he used an orchestra too, and it was really, really, it was really powerful stuff. He's another one, great guy. You know, was a great guy too. Is Joe Walsh? I was thinking about him. Oh, Joe. You know why he's yeah. a great guy? I mean, especially for us. He, he always came on our show, even back in the day. You couldn't get anyone to come on. Joe always, he didn't care. He'd just come on. He didn't care what people thought. He didn't care about anything. He just, he'd come on. He liked it here and he came. Yeah. I'm always grateful for Joe Walsh. I was watching him on something the other day. Someone was interviewing him and I'm like, man, what an interesting dude. And really a great musician and a great songwriter. I wonder if he is ever properly honored. I think he's written some of the best songs ever. Yeah. Uh, a lot of talented people. All right. Hey, I got to take a quick break. Um, tomorrow, Robin, Ronnie, and comedian Chris DeStefano. I fucking fumble that name every time. Chris DeStefano. Chris DeStefano. Chris DeStefano. Why doesn't he change his name? <laughs> oh, fuck. Those, those ethnic names. Best to change them for show business. Chris DeStefano. Uh, they'll be playing my freaky fetish in honor of October. Wait to hear. I'm trying to decide whether I want to win this contest or should I? I don't want to know what. I, maybe I don't want to know what this freaky fetish is. Fetish? It's fun. Yeah. I mean, not fun. It's fucking intense, but. <laughs> Am I not saying Chris's name right? Da Stefano. Da Stefano. Da Stefano. I, you guys, you these guys I give me phonetics. You guys give me a phonetic spelling, but you don't. You spell. You do it different each time. People are telling me it's De Stefano. Okay, De Stefano. So here, you see the way you got it spelled, Jason. Yes. Here's how you. Here's the phonetic spelling. D U H. Duh. Yes. Steph. S T E F F. Yes. In I N dash yes. O H O O H O Stefano. That's it. But the you put the accent is on the Stefano. The so, Stefano. If you, you write the, if you write it down like that, I will not fuck up his name tomorrow when he is here. I have written it down. It'll be written for you tomorrow. But just so you know, his team. We asked his team. How do you pronounce his name? Team. And what they How does he about. have a team? Oh, oh he's, he's got a team, man. He does. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize he was that well known. <laughs> yeah. No, he's got um, a team we've been dealing with. But uh, yes. Okay. I have your. What did way they say? It. What did the team? Say? What you have on the sheet is how they 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 just emailed that to us. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm telling you phonetics. Yes. D U H duh. Steph S T E F F dash. In I N dash O H. That's it. De Stefano. Captured. Chris De Stefano. Thank you. All right. I have a suggestion, Howard. They should add an apostrophe to his name to make it simpler. <laughs> yeah. Make it. <laughs> hey, you know what, Gary? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fred, when you do the impression of Gary, you got to get way more phlegmy. <laughs> A soda lock, cookie monster now. 
Uh, yeah. C is for cookie. D is for the Stefano. Uh, it's good <laughs> enough for me. D is for the Stefano. It's good enough for me. The Stefano, the Stefano, the Stefano, the Stefano on Wednesday. Yeah. These guys give me a phonetic spelling of that guy's name every day. It's different. And I'm like, <laughs> do me a favor. I sound like an idiot. Let's get this straight. Anyway, I um, let me take a break. Oh, I got to read this commercial. There's no such thing as me walking away from this microphone. I'm chained to this chair. <laughs> I remember when this song was a number one hit, and and a lot of DJs would not say the the band's name, even though the Pepper was a number one hit. It was weird. I was like, uh, that was uh, Pepper. I wish I could have written this song. Seems like a song I should have been able to write. Butthole Surfers. I was just talking to Will during the break, and... His wife's a physical therapist, and uh, he was saying to me that she was, she said, you know, the fact that I didn't crawl, I just bounced on my ass. Like, that's a really strange developmental thing that, what is it, what did you say, Will, about people who never learned to crawl? Well, she was telling me that, it, you know, it impacts the, 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 the core muscles, the chest and the shoulders, and then even with the cognitive um, development, like learning to use your left and right together, the left side and your right side of your brain together, can have an impact on children. Yeah, I have yeah, none of those but things. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. No, Howard's brilliant and all the rest of it, but you know. No. First of all, no, she's he's right. Gonna I, take. He's going to uh, say he's got it all. I have no core. That's for sure. I really, I rarely use my left and right hand properly. Uh, I'm telling you, I was a weird kid. But thank God there was no social media. If my parents had posted that, that would have set off a whole storm. One thing about my parents, if something was wrong with you, they didn't care. They just, whatever you were, you were going to be. They weren't really going to fix you. They weren't into fixing things, huh? <laughs> no, my mother would go, like, <laughs> the dentist would put, played with her. He said, your son needs braces. Now, those braces. She, the dentist said he need, his whole bite when he's an adult is going to be all off. We have to get him braces. She'd get me home and she wouldn't, she wouldn't mouth off to the dentist. She was afraid of him. She'd get me home. We're not getting you any braces. I see what those braces do. They loosen the teeth. I know someone who got their child braces and their whole mouth, their teeth fell out. <laughs> and let me tell you, I get a lecture. I didn't do anything. I, she, I wish she would have lectured the dentist, right? But she knew enough that she knew she was crazy enough not to do that. She'd get a hold of me. And let me tell you something, I'm with the physical beauty. I don't care about physical beauty. I was never into that. I never cared about physical beauty. And even the dentist wasn't saying he's doing it for physical beauty. He was doing no. it because my bite was, oh, she didn't want to hear about it. God forbid anybody should know our family should look normal. Hey, hey, hey. I told you what she that told me so the other day. strange, yeah. Your father had a glass eye. Nobody wanted him, but it never bothered me. I wasn't into physical beauty. <laughs> Nobody wanted him. She took this thing off the yeah. shelf. Nobody wanted. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What in the world is going on here?
The night I met him, he was uh, trying to ask a girl he met on the subway to go to the dance with him, and she said no. But I saw him, and I liked him right away. <laughs> Great. Before he I was said like, a word. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Mom, that's not how you're supposed to pick a mate. You try to pick someone you're attracted to. <laughs> your father was a lemonade, but I made... Your father was a lemon, but I made lemonade out of him. <laughs> Look at your face. What does it matter what your teeth look like? What's How's that going to help anything? <laughs> <laughs> hey, a lot of the fans are writing us, Robin, constantly. People love it. It seems uh, we generated a lot of email uh, when I was talking about going down on women. I don't know how to do it. I suspect most guys don't. Listeners say I should educate myself when it comes to pleasing a woman. Oral sex is something that you, that can be learned. You just need to commit yourself to studying it like you did with painting or chess. Look at Robin. She watched an instructional video on blowjobs. <laughs> yeah, believe me, it did her no good. Oh, get out of here. You don't know that. <laughs> Howard should read She Comes First, The Thinking Man's Guide to Pleasuring Women. This book is legit and up my game. Highly recommended. Is this from a guy? I guess. I don't know. I can't tell you. I didn't sign it. I hate to say it, but fake Rosie O'Donnell had some genuinely good tips about going down on a woman. Nibble those lips like a starburst candy. <laughs> you should have her and the real Rosie host a clitoral round table. I don't think the real Rosie's into hosting a clitoral round table. But, no, uh, she didn't call when she heard that. <laughs> no, she didn't say, hey, that's a great idea. <laughs> and uh, a lesbian couple called Monday to brag about how much they make each other come with their tongues for up to two hours straight. I mean, my God. I, I, I Come on, who has that kind of time? When in doubt, take a lesbian's advice like this one from TikTok. There's a whole series of instructional videos on how to properly please a woman during oral sex. Listen to it, Howard. Really? Uh, let me hear this. You think, you know, just because a woman's a lesbian doesn't mean she knows how to, you know, lick a woman. Doesn't mean she knows. You know, there's a lot of so-called experts online. Let me hear this. So when you're down there, you know where. You're going to match your pace with the rocking of the person's hips. You're not going to set the pace. You're going to pay attention to their pace and follow. If the person that you're with is not rocking their hips, you're going to encourage them to rock their hips. Unless they have hip mobility issues or an injury, we want to encourage Yeah, unfortunately, most of the women I've been with have hip mobility issues and hip injuries. <laughs> They're not moving. Yeah. Most women I uh, was with... Uh, couldn't move below the waist. <laughs> Courage to hip rock. Hip rocking engages the PC muscles, which increases sensation and wetness. You're going to pay close attention to body language when someone is pulling away. This is most commonly an indicator that you are doing too much. It's too much pressure, too fast of a tempo. Slow down and maybe move to an indirect location. Google the U spot. This may be the spot for you. Those that U, U spot. The, the fuck U is that spot. With? Now we got to go yeah. find that. Need a treasure map. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> U spot. Go find the U spot. I don't know. That sounds like a lot of work. I just lick the general area and hope you hit something good. And some women seem to like it and some don't. I just lick. 
the whole area and hope I don't get STDs. And uh, that's that. Right, Robin? Yeah, you got to worry about that, too, now. And quite frankly, I watch a lot of lesbian porn, but it's really hard to learn something from that. I mean, sometimes... They don't really show what, what they're doing, really, yeah. Sometimes it's real graphic, but I can't beat off to that. I don't want to, like, see the inside of your vagina when I'm... You know what I mean? I, when I'm beating right. off, you know, I want a little mystery. You know, I, I just love, like, seeing it from, like, a three-quarter shot. I don't need to get right up in the grill. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, oh, a lot of fans wrote in about Ronnie from yesterday. The fans feel Ronnie is a changed man after his wedding. Yeah, he is. And they seem to be loving the new Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie is a gem and he is amazing. You can hear the love and lust he still holds for his new bride, even after 16 years of fighting about Amazon deliveries. Yeah, I was kind of shocked to hear Ronnie say, he, like, his 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 wife now gets Amazon deliveries of clothing and wants to try it on for him. And he's like, uh, I don't want to see that. I'm like, man, that surprised me. He really wasn't saying he didn't want to see it. He was saying there were, like, so many costume changes. He'd get yeah. exhausted. He'd, you know, he'd get all sexed up. And then she's got another outfit. There was no way to go. <laughs> Say what you will about that horny old pervert, but somewhere under all that anger is a heart of gold. Glad to hear Ronnie is still in the honeymoon phase with his wife. Uh, Ronnie sounds like he's all in on building his life with Stephanie as a married man. When that happens, a baby is usually right around the corner. Is Ronnie preparing to become a father again? That would be funny. Oh, my. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, one you listener think writes... think that he's gone that far that he wants to do that? No, so I can't love? imagine. <laughs> I don't know. Alright, we're getting married this fall, okay? I did this for her. She knows that, okay? <laughs> and here's to you, Mrs. Ronnie Munn. Ronnie said he falls alone to you. This is what she wants. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. God help you, please, Mrs. Ronnie Munn. Someone wrote me this. They want more details on Ronnie's wedding. With all the recap of the wedding, I'm dying to hear J.D.'s speech with the reception. Hey, uh, look, I listen to J.D.'s speech. It's fucking ridiculous. First of all, uh, he giggles a lot. When he gets nervous, I guess he giggles and mumbles. Yeah. You don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And plus, the, the quality of the tape isn't that good. I can play it for you. This is J.D., at the reception, giving a speech, they got him up there, and he's clearly just befuddled and is giggling. First of all, shout out to all the Ohio people here tonight. Ohio, especially Fairborn, Ohio. Do anything, but I came here. All about himself. First he goes, 
Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, 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 hey, Ohio people. <laughs> I don't like to travel. <laughs> Holy fuck. Worst speech ever. I don't like to travel. Not, you're not wrong. I know. I don't know. And by the way, also, J.D. was blackout drunk by the end of the night. Someone saw him alone in the bathroom talking to himself. I was not like alone. High. I was sitting in a stall pissing, and, uh, and that was it. you were talking to yourself. I wasn't talking, talking to myself. To I wasn't talking, talking to myself. To you were talking Who's to yourself. Who's in the stall with you, then? Well, no His imaginary friend. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> somebody told me about. Somebody told me about that. I was cracking up, man. Hey. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, I don't like to travel. Oh, who are you talking to, JD? Uh, uh, the man in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got I got to say they forced JD to do it. He didn't want to do a speech, and he was kind of wasted at at that point already anyway. So. Hey, uh, they, there's a minute, there's a minute, there's a minute six, there's a minute 16 left on this thing. Let me hear what else you do. <laughs> I love you so much. Both, and I love you both. And I'm probably not the only one, uh, you know, well, uh, you know. <laughs> Couldn't we get a better mic on these people? I mean. Yeah, were you holding a mic or is that just. I was holding a mic. I didn't, uh, I think this is taken from like someone's cell phone or something. Yeah. He was broadcasting from the bat cave. <laughs> Because all I can hear is like, well, that's all I heard, and I was sitting right there. So, yeah. Like Woody Woodpecker. You know, he just stood there and laughed. No, I love you both. Ryan, I love you too. You know what? Leave me alone. The last line of the speech is leave me alone. Leave me alone. I love you, man. I, I, I love you both. Leave me alone. Well, uh, that's what I do, I guess. I don't know. I love it, man. It's like, and then you, uh, and then you go into the bathroom, you're so drunk, you're sitting in the toilet talking to yourself. <laughs> it, wasn't that, it wasn't like I was in there, like, for, I, was, I took a piss and I left. I wasn't in there for, like, some inordinate amount of time. What were you talking about? Like, what, who were you I, talking to? I don't to? remember. I might have been looking at my phone and reading what was on my phone, not really talking mm, to myself. I don't sure. fucking know. You're pissing with your phone in your hands? With I don't your think phone so. in your hand, yeah. Well, I'm sitting, I'm sitting, because I don't want to piss all over the seat or anything, and I'm looking at my phone. Oh, I see. Why are you sitting? You, 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 you're you not uptight. You want to go to the urinal. No, well, no, no, I don't, no, I don't do urinals. I'm a stall oh, you guy. Don't? So why don't you go, why don't you lift the seat on the toilet and just piss in there? I, I just, I don't, I... I don't want to accidentally pee all over a seat or something or whatever. Yeah, dude, right? in, in a public if you sit, facility, it goes right in a bowl, and there you go. Can I say something? In go a ahead. public facility, who cares if you piss on the seat? Because if oh, you sit I, on, listen, I, I, dude, if more if you people, sit, if, if more you people care like me, seat, <laughs> Katie, if you sit on the seat, you're sitting in someone else's piss. 
<laughs> no, uh, I make sure the seat's dry and you know, oh, wipe you it down or whatever. You're crazy. I would <laughs> never sit on a seat well, unless I had that, to. Listen, that's that's what I do. I don't know what to tell you. Sitting there like a girl talking to yourself. <laughs> 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 whatever. I should have been at that wedding. Yeah, go ahead. Just to see you talking to yourself in that, that you I'm sure you would have made a great speech, too. Oh, yeah. The one uh, covered for me. I'll tell you my speech here. You want to hear it? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so, shut up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I thought you had prepared lines and stuff you were going to say. What happened? No, I kind of had a prepared thing. But, you know, by the time I got up there, I, I was uh, a little late. Drunk. And... Uh, yeah. And, you know, I just wanted to say, tell him I love him, and that was it, pretty much. I, I wanted to do a whole thing, I, you know. It's, well, you're not, not, waste, my, it's not, you're not wasted night. now. You're not wasted now. Let's hear it. <laughs> There's no, no, I'm not saying it now. It's, it was basically, I wanted, too to, late. I wanted to express how much I cared about you guys. Uh, and the fact that I uh, left the house and this and that, like, that sort of feeling and, you know, whatever. It's, Can it's I give you a tip? Good. I love you, so I'm not saying this to be mean. Uh -huh. When you give a speech to some, you know, like in this case, Ronnie, a good friend, and his wife. Yes. You know, you don't talk about how, like, you never leave the house, and therefore, you you know, like, like in other words, well, it was you just more... talk about your feelings. No, well, that's that's how I felt, because they are that important to me that I So here's, that. here's the thing. <laughs> Why don't you start with this? The two of you are very important to me. <laughs> I, I listen. We're, now we're uh, we're Monday morning quarterbacking. I don't know what to tell you. That's that's uh, you know. Okay, it's much you. better to say five times. I love you both. I didn't say it was that was great either, Robin. <laughs> I didn't say that was great either. But well, why do you love them? Why, why do I love them? Because uh, I see the love they have for each other. Um, that's not why you love them. Well, and they're very nice to me, and it's they're fun to hang uh -huh. out with. And how are they nice to like you? That. Oh no, Ronnie, uh, uh, you know, is taking me out on the road and stuff, and uh, you know, been. Why like, don't you uh, get up there and say that? Why don't you say, "Listen, <laughs> I want everyone to know I love Ronnie. He took no one ever wants to be with me, but Ronnie took me out on the road, <laughs> and Ronnie is gracious with his time. He takes time yes. out of his life to help people like me. Yes. He's very like generous. That. He's one Go of the most generous men I've wow, ever known. Wow, there's a word. He's generous. There's your speech. Well, there, there you go. You, I just did it now. <laughs> you never come to me. You never say, how do I give a speech? I would help you. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll call you right up after the show. <laughs> you imagine? Oh, exactly. Help me with... <laughs> right, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Samantha He's was telling leave me the speech and his his phone anyway. Get drunk and not know what exactly. To do. Exactly. <laughs> Samantha was telling me that JD ignored her at the wedding the entire night. I what? think it's Ignore because her? <laughs> you're probably into her or something. And uh, was that what's going no, on? Why? I don't know what this is about. No, ignore so, it. Go ahead. This Samantha. is what happened, Go, Howard. So ahead. the the party the first night we're in the security area and I see JD and I say. Hey, JD, and I go to give him a hug, and he's just not looking at me like I'm a ghost. Well, <laughs> I, what is that? I go, JD, hey, and and well, I and I say, 
JD, hey, it's me. And I point to my husband, too. He knows us. He's been to our house. We've hung out many times. And then I got a little pissed off and I go, dude, he gave you all of his baseball cards, pointing to my husband because he was getting rid of his baseball cards once. And he gave them to JD because he knew JD liked them. And then I I guess I misinterpreted it because maybe he was drunk or out of it but wolfie and steve nowicki were standing right there and then i felt bad because i didn't mean to come off as aggressive but i'm like what's going on you know i, I don't hey i don't get I, it uh, samantha he does that to me i'm i'm his boss i walk by his his cage that he works in and i go right. well hey jd he's like <laughs> what's up with that jd when you were in vegas I, why did you blow off the guy who gave oh, you the I, baseball I, I, cards I don't blow off anyway it's just you know whatever uh, why'd you well, ignore all, sam uh, I wasn't ignoring anyone. First of all, uh, uh, my attention was definitely towards whatever, whoever that woman was. And I didn't what know woman? what was going on what with her. Woman? So my mind, the, the crazy, the crazy lady who woman. was going up to people saying she was my mom and trying to get <laughs> yeah. into the, the so party. I'm trying to like, oh. I'm trying to figure out what the, you know, whatever. I, again, I apologize. I don't mean to no, like, you don't ignore need to people. apologize. I love JD. And I think honestly, I think I was in the wrong that I took it personally. And then I felt bad after that. I was like, Hey, you know what? Come on. You know, us. first like, of all, together for five it, years, what I'm the not, it would have been good. It would have been good for JD if some people saw him talking to a girl which is always good <laughs> to see that like you know that he like uh-huh. hey here's a girl who knows jd it, it, it's a good look you know what i'm saying Listen, and- I, I, I i i am not an uh, approaching person i'm not like one to like you know it's yeah i'm just not an approaching type person if someone she wants to come talk to me that's fine you she was approaching I, you. I, I, I know, but whatever. I said I thought I said hello to them. Whenever you know, I, I guess I didn't. I you know I don't know. No, it's. I don't want to make JD feel bad, but I think this is typical, and maybe because we weren't at work and we were in a social setting, I just thought it was going to be different. What is good is like uh, like JD. You know, I'm an awkward guy like JD. When a girl talks to you, it's like there's maybe other girls go, wow, JD knows a girl. This changes everything. You know what I mean? Well, uh, that happened well, for me once in college. I had a friend who was a good looking girl. She used to walk to school with me and some other girl got in her head that I was dating her. And then I, she went out with me thinking that I mm. knew girls. See? Well, unfortunately, in this little room, it was uh, the, the crazy woman and Wolfie and Steve Hickey and uh, Richard Christie and his wife. So there wasn't really many other uh Women to like try to, uh, to impress or whatnot. JT gets very uncomfortable if you compliment him as well. Like, oh, I yes. told him, wow, I like your hair longer. It looks really good. Or, no. you know, I like this button down shirt on you. Like, he gets he can't handle it. Uh, I just, I, I, I don't think you're right. <laughs> so I can't take compliments. I don't know what to tell anyone. He's I'm not, not a big that. eye contact guy. That I know. He never, he rarely looks at me. So that is know. very true. That is yeah. very true. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, uh, He's a good dude, though. He's, <laughs> he's, got he's a real him, good dude. Um, yeah. You, you got to tell JD to snap out of it because he gets into like a, a trance or JD. something. Oh, and you got to snap yeah. your fingers. JD, what's this picture with you walking around the wedding with a string of lights around your head? What was that all about? <laughs> what was going well, on? There was a thing. Yeah, there you are. There was a, uh, there's like a, a ta- there was a table yeah. of like party favors or whatever that you could wear while taking pictures. And someone came over and put that crown on my head and like some, uh, thing with like a bunch of stringy lights in my, uh, in my suit jacket. And I just wore it. I don't know. I just 
Didn't made you feel, feel like, like you were more part of the wedding and more fun. Yeah, yeah it made, made me seem more fun somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> know, that's, 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 what the fuck he said? Uh, can't understand J.D. Marbles in his mouth, stammers in mumbles. That English he just said, uh, nobody can tell what the fuck he said. Like this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I'm, 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 huh? that's when it's that's oh, he, he, he was doing that he made it that's what he said See, I, I, I uh, Jade uh, fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> the only the only problem with that was Howard he was the only one wearing that. <laughs> that, that was a. That was from a. They had a we had a photo booth outside for people to take crazy pictures and stuff you know and he he put that stuff on him, and he was the only one wearing it. So he walked through that whole wedding the whole night, lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, it gave him a, it gave him something to do. I get it. I took it, it off eventually. It took it off eventually. Yeah. It, it, it no, dude, when flying. you when you left, you said to me, "Good night." I'm so fucked up. I gotta leave. You still were wearing. <laughs> JD, is the eye contact better when when you're drinking, or do you feel like it's worse? Oh, I I don't know if it's. I, I, it's probably about as bad equal. I don't uh, as bad equal. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, bad equal. Well, look. I mean, uh, to me, it would make sense if you went up to a girl like, like Sam comes up to you, and you know, it's a good look for you to be talking to a girl. You know. Oh, you don't even feel comfortable with girls you know, JD. Again, like, you know, well, Sam. Well, no, I don't. I'm not comfortable with anyone I know, but uh, especially this group of people that oh, uh, you stop. know. Jeannie, uh, you know, I'm not saying. No, hold on, I'm not saying. I'm not centering on you. I'm saying, you know, I got Wolfie over Sam, here. Sam, do you normally do you normally have a good relationship with JD? Yes, yeah. although I will, I will say, I have JD came to my house a couple times over the past several years fascinating my my dog hates him yeah, <laughs> yeah her dog and bites me my dog was, nip, <laughs> was nipping at jd there were some people in my backyard and and the dog was that you mean, was the one you mean to tell me after. your dog doesn't your dog doesn't normally nip people and like no, jd no. wow and J, like there was something some vibe jd gives yeah. off <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's a little dog. It's like a, a Jack Russell mix. It's a mutt. Yeah, it looks like Charles Manson. So. Oh, stop. <laughs> there was something about JD. And I, I did wonder if he was actually offended that, you know, I said, oh, did it actually hurt? I mean, he didn't break the skin or anything. No. But I, I think JD was upset that the dog was going after well, him. Well, you know, I, said, I, oh, like... I can put the dog away. But he said, no, leave the dog out. And well, He's a good guy. Yeah. Well, anyway, listen. All right, JD, I'm sorry that dogs and people scare you. <laughs> It's it's fine. But anyway, you're it's my fine. man. Uh, oh, also, you, people man. wrote in. I gotta uh, wrap this up because I got John waiting in the wings. But uh, people seem to like when I am Travis Kelsey's agent. They like ah, that. Yes, yes. Howard, I'm laughing hard listening to Travis Kelsey's agent. I still haven't stopped laughing since last week when you said, "quote Travis, she'll change your diaper when the CTE kicks in." That is the best <laughs> line of the year. <laughs> Oh. Uh, I hope Travis Kelsey's real agent is listening to Howard's fake agent. Quote, Taylor's pussy is like Popeye's spinach. Ain't that the truth? If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, they should be thanking Taylor's magic vagina. So 
There you go. A lot of people angry with Michael Rappaport, too, because he's not playing dick or sausage. Rappaport is a weasel. This is what it says. Oh. Can't tell you how gratifying it was to hear Gary get to him today. It was well-deserved. Uh, Rappaport is a coward. Whatever respect I had for him is gone. Wow. Wow. Eric Andre has to be your best bet to come through for Cocktober since Rappaport let the entire show down. Wow. Shame on Michael Rappaport. I agree with Gary. He deserves a timeout like Bobo. How about a Rappaport free winter? <laughs> anyway, uh, and by the way, thank you to all the fans who sent us uh, uh, Beyond Sausage, which is a sausage substitute. It looks like a penis, Robin, and it, it's Let all wrinkly like a penis. And so wow. uh, the guy. Oh, yeah, my goodness. The, yeah, the guys it are going to be using It even looks like it has that. a head. And, uh, and, and, and also, hold on a second. Oh, hey, it's Tony Soprano. Hey, how you doing, Tony? Tony. Hey, Howard, how you doing? Oh. Oh, where were you? Look, I ain't no fucking fanook or nothing, but I fucking love Cocktober. It's very entertaining material. Put this fucking rap report. Whatever fucking happened to Gary Copa? The strong, silent type. He would have just shoved his hand in a pile of dicks. No problem. Right. I say forget all this shit, cock or sausage. Just jerk each other off and get it over with. <laughs> it's 2023. Time to drop the niceties and just be gay. Nobody fucking cares. Just spit on your head and start jerking off. Stop beating I around love- the bush and stop beating around the cock. I love the Sopranos. I think it's. I do think it was the best show that ever was on television. Honestly, Tony. I love it. Yeah, it's still on. Rappaport's a fucking stool, not like AJ. He's shameful, like fucking Christopher. Well, hey, you know, look, uh, uh, I like uh, when you were on TV with your mother, Tony. Oh, don't wow. get me started on my fucking mother. You think you got problems with your fucking mother? <laughs> Mine tried to have me fucking whacked, Howard. I know. Crazy. Anyway, all right. Thank you. That's uh, Tony Soprano. Can I say, uh, Howard, can I say one more thing about uh, Rappaport, this whole thing, just to Quickly. put it to, to sleep? You know, I was kind of incorrect yesterday when I said that he uses the show to plug. He doesn't. But he comes on the show a lot, right? And it's certainly helped his brand. And since he started doing the show, he got a lot of TV shows. He definitely got a fantasy football show from doing this. TV shows, commercials. So I'm saying him coming on the show has helped his career. And that's why I think he needs to give back. Wow. Well, you're not alone in that feeling. People feel that Rappaport should come on here and play with Richard's penis and Sal's penis and the sausage. <laughs> he says he can't. He says he won't do it. And that's it. So there's a lot of strong feelings going around, and we'll see what happens. And who knows? Maybe Eric Andre will show up and save you, because we need a celebrity for that game. Well, how many people are playing? Is Mike Trainer in or out? I don't even know. Uh, speaking of beautiful, John Stamos is here. John's memoir, If You Would Have Told Me, is available now. I listened to it on oh, the audiobook. I hey, forgot Mr. how Hansen. good he looks. Look at him. Yeah. Hey, everybody. You, Hi, Howard. What are you doing, John? You use tanning? What's going uh, on? No, I drink the blood of uh, Rob Lowe. No. <laughs> yeah, but wait a second. <laughs> you, are, you look uh, tan to me. Am I crazy here? Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know, son. You, know. you look great. <laughs> what kind of glasses are those? I love those glasses too. Thank you. <clears throat> those um, are the, uh, these are the biggest glasses I can find to cover my face. So, that's bullshit. Uh, that's you gotta stop I'm... talking like that because you look good now. Thanks, man. Thanks. I love you. I... Hi, Robin. 
Yes, Robin. Good morning. Uh, it's good to see you. Nice to see you, Robin. Robin looked at you and passed out, man. <laughs> it took me a while to get back together. Robin, I really wanted to do that. They were doing a documentary on Robin, and I think it got pushed a little bit, right, Robin? Yeah. But I still want to do yeah. it if I, you know. Okay. I mean, one of these days we'll get it back together. I think Howard should fund it. He's got a few bucks. Ah! <laughs> she doesn't need my money. I was so excited. Uh, I was so prepared. Anyway, hi. Hi. John, uh, I read your book. I, um, I, I I loved it. I told you that. I thought it was great. I think that you uh, had a fine line to walk. You tried to put a lot of stuff in there. Already yeah. the book is making news. Number one right now. Hmm. You know, it's funny. I haven't heard the name Terry Copley in a, in a thousand years. You didn't even know who she was, I think, at the time. But, you know, when you read it, huh? When I read it, I wasn't sure I had to go online and take a look at who the hell Terry Copley was. And now I remember she was on TV. She was yes. a blonde, but she spoke like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She looked like her, too. Yeah, I didn't know. You know, all the years I know you, mm -hmm. seriously, I, I mean, you're not the type of guy who tells me who you banged. Right. And, um, I, you know, I didn't know that your first love was Terry Copley oh, and so you wrote right. about it and you wrote about it in the book and you were honest about it. And quite frankly, I was kind of shocked that you got cheated on. Right. And that right. Tony Danza was yeah. he wasn't I don't know if he was aware that she was cheating, but you were you were you were in a deep, loving relationship with her. She was your first big love. Yes. Yeah. You know, she and, and, she came out yesterday, I think, or the day before and said we were broken up and. um I don't, I don't think she told me that because I was so, do you remember your first love? I, I think you've talked about it. I was so, what was your first, who was your first one that you were so in love with? Yeah, it was, a my life wasn't like yours. I, there were people I were in love with. They, they, they weren't that uh, into me. No, Go but ahead, I mean, yeah. you, but you, you had a heart, you had heartbreak early on. I mean, sure. I was busted up, man. And the only, the, what, the real reason, right? Well, first of all, first, let me say thank you so much for reading and listening. You, you know, you left me the most beautiful message. And I just, you've really, you really show up for people. You always have, but even more now than ever. And, and, and when Bob died, you called me and we talked for a long time. And it, you just, you just, I thank you. I love you. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do that for me. I know you're busy and you just, you're new. You've always been very off. You've always been a very kind man, but, but last few years, I just thank you very much. And you and Beth called me one day. You watched the, the new show, Big Shot. And I mean, I don't know. I just, and Robin has not called me. Um, <laughs> she called me, when, <laughs> but Robin you, doesn't yeah. have your number, but Robin well, writes right. to you. You do. And I love you too. I'm just so <laughs> grateful. You know, everywhere I go, it's like, I love you on Howard. I love you on Howard. This is a highlight for me. And I, I appreciate you having me back. And anyway, but so book, but let's, but, let's focus okay. on this. The Sorry. book is making news because here you said Terry Copley, uh -huh. you were in love with her yeah. and she, you know, uh, you, you thought you had this great romance going and it was really incredible because you happened to realize that she was seeing Tony Danza. Oh, realize I walked in uh, and they were in bed together. I saw four feet come out of the, the sheet. I was so broken hearted. I, I wanted to highlight some of the, you know, some of the relatable issues. Like, I think people, like you said, people thought, like, who's going to cheat on Stamos? Well, you know, it's happened more than once. And the, the, the real reason why I put that story in there was not just to, well, to be relatable, but also the end of the story was this, that, so I remember walking in, I see them and I was like, 
you know, I'm going to kick this guy's ass. Then I kind of saw his abs, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to run. And I remember telling myself, like, don't cry, don't cry, John. Don't. And these tears started coming out. I said, fuck it. And I ran down her driveway, ran past his Porsche. I re- it's so weird how you, when you write stuff, how it all comes back. And I was just, my, my, I was streaming. My, I was so crying. So bad. I was like 19 or something. Um, flash forward to Full House. And this is the real reason why I think I put the whole thing in there was that, um, Full House, the first season, it wasn't a big hit at all. In fact, and I didn't want to be on there, certainly in the beginning. I was like, get me off this fucking show. And, um, the, uh, it, we were on the bubble, as they say. So it was towards the end of the season, and they said, well, I think we're going to cancel the show. And I said, no. And I started to like it by this point, but I said, well, no, no, no. And they said, we're going to try one thing. We're going to put Full House on the summer reruns and put you behind one of our hit shows. And if you gather an audience and bring it to the second season, we'll pick you up and we'll keep going. Well, that's exactly what happened. But the show that they put on as our lead-in was Who's the Boss? So he fucked me over here, but he, you know, without Tony, I'm not sure that that show would would have uh, well, made it past season one. But, but let me ask you about that experience. Like you mm-hmm. say, hey, I, I considered for a second, you know, maybe kicking Tony Dan's ass. Meanwhile, the guy was a professional mm-hmm. boxer. He would have yeah, demolished you. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. Still. But... But were you really mad at him, or were you, mar- you were mad at Terry? In other words, he might not even know that you were seeing Terry Copley, you know, at that point. Kobe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I was mad at her. Yeah, I mean, I, I was very, very hurt. But, and he, but he dated her, I guess, before me. So I was, oh. look, I was, I can't, I, I don't blame her. Like, I was very, I was 19, 20 or whatever, but I was like a kid. Like, I, I, I took, my naivete, I think, is really what's been, helped me over the years because I just went into stuff like a dummy. But I couldn't, these girls, I couldn't keep up with them. I was, I was just, I wanted to highlight this, you know, turning in, you know, from a caterpillar to the butterfly because I was gawky. I, I was, I was a, I wanted to be a puppeteer like you. I wanted to, I did yeah. magic and puppets and these girls thought I was a, you know, a joke. They always went for the older dudes or the teacher or something, you know. Um, you, you say in the book though, in your relationship with her, yeah. you guys would role play. I was fascinated <laughs> by this. I'll bet. This is, this is kind of interesting to me. Yeah. She was a Marilyn Monroe kind of bombshell, and she even sounded like Marilyn Monroe. I don't yes. know if that was an affect or that she really spoke like that. Oh, no, uh, I think she spoke like that, yeah. She spoke hi, like John. that. Right. Hi, hi, you know, oh, hi. Uh, Mr. President. Yeah. So you said you would role play. In other words, she would be Marilyn Monroe, and you would be either John Kennedy mm-hmm. or, uh, I don't know, who who Bobby who Kennedy or Frank Sinatra or she, Marilyn got around and she, um, you know, the writer. That's a freaky scene, John. I mean, um, you've been in some freaky yeah. scenes. This is a freaky <laughs> scene. I mean, uh, when, when a girl starts saying, you be Marilyn, I'll be Marilyn Monroe, yeah. and she comes up to you and goes, John. Hi, I'm Marilyn Monroe. And you go, I'm Bobby Kennedy. Right. Were you weirded out by that? Yeah, it was all, you know, I don't think that happened very often, but it was a, I wasn't sophisticated enough to keep up with any of this stuff. With Vanity, you taught, you, you left a message about her, and, um, yeah. you know, even early on, there was, you know, it wasn't the whole, nobody, people didn't like me when I was in school. I was, you know, and there was a, and I yeah, got you bullied. write that you were, you were big nose John, you yes. were known as. Yeah, I Which got, is so weird to me that you were made fun of for your looks. I mean. Well, this guy. guy so, yeah. that, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. This guy, what? He, he would punch you in the face Yeah, I got stuff, punched right? in the, just once, but it gave me this black eye and, um, I, 
again, it was like that moment when you, when I heard this girl, I was in marching band, I was a band geek, and I'm walking, this other kid, you know, says, hey, uh, this girl wants to go out, she thinks you're cute and she wants to go out with you, and I stop, I remember, you know, we were doing, marching down the street, I stopped, and the guy behind me hits it into me, I said, what, Did you really, swear to God, yeah, yeah, I know from her sister, don't tell anybody, I said, okay. I'm at a block party that 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 night, and I'm at the the nerd house, and then at the end was the you know the jock house. I tell everybody I can about this girl wants to date me, so it, it, like a game of telephone, it goes from one house to one house to one. House. And the, there's a jock at the end who was dating her, and he knocks on my door, and I said, "Yeah, I, uh, I was in a car, and I rolled it down, bam, right in the eye." I was like, "Fuck!" Well, you know, I was trying to hit him. I, but I, was a stu- I, I like to do stunts. Like, I loved Wild West stunts. So, so even if I tried to hit him, I would have missed because, you know. Uh, but I hit the car and I bashed up my knuckles. And I told the girl, I go, step on it. And we almost hit, ran over one of them, these jocks, you know. Uh, and it was just the most humiliating, shitty moment of my life. And there was, there was nobody to talk. There was no counselor. So wait and, a second. But this isn't, but this isn't clear to me. Go ahead. You, you claim that you're this guy who's nerdy and not good looking. And yet, you're a young guy. You got in General Hospital. You, it, when did you blossom? I mean, what right the around hell this, you... right around this time, really? Yes, and I also, you know, I also just leaned into who I was and stopped, stopped trying to be something that I wasn't. You know, I, I wasn't cool, but I was a goofy guy. I would do stunts. I would do magic and puppets and you know that kind of stuff. And um, when did you when did you start? How old were you when you started playing the drums? I was pretty young. I was like uh, twelve or so. Twelve or so, because it, you must have taken that. You know, here's the weird thing. Okay, it's like I understand why you didn't want Full House because okay. here you were an actor, you'd done you know soap opera, and now mm. you want a film career. You know, right. actors dream of great things. Sure. And then when you're doing Full House, you're like, oh shit! When you first sign on for this thing, you're like, what? This is like some fucking kids and yeah. show and blah blah. I get that. And in a way, I feel like you were always like, hey, I'm a fucking good actor. I don't, you know, I want to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, like the way Clooney is taken seriously. Yes. And then even in the music world, you're playing for the Beach Boys. Yeah. That's a major fucking accomplishment to play for the Beach Boys. I mean, that is, uh, okay, maybe at first it's a bit of a stunt because you're, you know, the girls love you. Right. But they, those guys are real musicians. They don't yeah. want some asshole playing drums for them. You got to really know what you're doing. It's weird. So people don't give you the credit for the drums. They don't give you the credit for the acting. Do you have a chip on your shoulder in a way? Do you think that's what led to maybe the drinking? Oh, um, no, I don't know. The, the drinking came, you know, I was, I could handle it. And my parents were alcoholics, but they were functioning. And, you uh-huh. know, it's it's hereditary. And, and you if you poke at it long enough, poke, 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 I got this, I got that. And then it attacks you like a monster. And that's what happened to me. But it was, you know, the combination of a divorce and, and my dad died. And then it just kind of went down. And my mom died. And I just hit rock bottom. But it's funny. All the years I hung yeah, with you, yeah. I didn't really see you as an alcoholic which is weird. except maybe one time we went away together i had some i thought something yeah. was going on you remember what i'm talking about no one time i was at your house and it was like yeah. i got up at like six six a.m and i had i snuck down to your bar and drank a couple of beers you probably saw it on your cameras <laughs> uh, no I'm kidding no i didn't know that uh, yeah and that's how it was it was terrible and i was living in this you know but a lot of my friends didn't know uh, even when i went to Riyadh, they said what you you know you're fine and, and a lot said uh, it was time uh, a friend of mine a really good friend of mine, neil morrow uh my he told me when i came out he said your mom called me and she said i'm really worried about johnny I said, wow oh, yeah um but it was uh i could stop 
right? I could stop for a few days and I could stop for a week. And I would always, I would just, I would do a gig and, and I would uh, stop. And then at the end, I was wor- I re- reward myself. And then that would, a lot of it too was, I was very lonely. And so I found myself, um, if I drank and carried on like that, I, I could, uh, I would be with these people that I shouldn't, if I was sober, I would never be with. Low, you would drink fruit, by uh, yourself? Oh, would yeah. you drink by yourself? Sure, sure. Oh, you would? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You say when you were doing cabaret, you'd have a bottle of wine a night before the performance. <laughs> yeah. That, I, how the fuck did you get through that? I mean, you did a great job on that Thank one. You, I went to see always, you. Yeah, you were, um, yeah, but what the, what, the, what the hell was going on? I mean, didn't you worry professionally if I drink a bottle of wine before a show, I'll fuck it up? Well, that show was pure decadence, and I, and I could handle it then. It was some of the. It was that was the best time of my life. One of my best, and the wine would be. You know, I'd slowly drink it, but then you know I had to be naked on there, and I had to just let go. And it was a you know this this guy who would fuck a goat if if he we did fuck a goat. I think so. It was that kind of character, which I, you know, it took. I I wasn't that far out of Full House then, and people were coming right. to the show going, "Oh, let's go see Uncle Jesse." You know, and I come out there, and people were walking out, and I, Sam Mendes directed, and Rob Marsh. I said, "What, what am I doing wrong?" It, no, that's you're doing it right, but it took me a while to get to that. So the wine loosened me up a little bit, uh-huh. and, you know, and I could sing that torch song at the end. And, but then the next one I did after that was um, was nine, and then I started drinking during that, and that didn't help me at all. I was, you know, I went into nine. Do you remember? I don't know if you I that was the, the that wasn't that the play you took over from um, Antonio Antonio Banderas, and you yeah. said that uh, it just was the wrong move for you career wise, right? Because following him is a bitch. Well, at, at first I thought, oh, this would be easy. I went in previews, and Rebecca knew him, and they'd done a movie together, and I knew him too from from that. And I, we were there early on. Previews are the first couple of weeks, you know, and um, he was terrible, and he, you know, he didn't get the jokes and couldn't understand him. And I, I sat there and I said, you know, because it was the same theater uh, group, the roundabout that I work with a lot. I said they're going to ask me to replace him. I got to tell him no right now, John. No, no, no. They call me, you know, do you want to replace Antonio? Oh, no, they said, do you want to go back to Cabaret or, or, or Nine? I said, you know what? Let's, I need to challenge myself. And, you know, Antonio wasn't great. So I pull into town. And, uh, um, you're saying Antonio wasn't that good in the role? When I saw it originally, you know, right. for, for, for okay. previews. So I said, yes, I'll yeah. do it. I auditioned and stuff. And then I remember going to, to watch it the night before my rehearsal start. And we drive down the, the street, this driver, and, and I said, what's going on here? Did, did, did the police, is there a president in town? The street was packed. It was blocked off. I said, no, Antonio. Everybody said his name like it was a warm, creamy Spanish soup or something. Antonio, you know. I said, oh, what? And so Melanie was across the street, remember, uh, Griffith, and she was doing Chicago, and, and uh, Antonio was over at nine, and you couldn't get a ticket. And I walked in, I sat up in the stairs, and, and this kid, I had, no one knew I was taking over. And this kid said, oh, uh, yeah, I'll sit over here. They told you to sit over here. Uh, there was a rumor that you're taking over, right? And I said, no, that's the rumor. I said, oh, he said, good, because no one could replace Antonio. Here. And I, the show starts, and then he was fucking great, man. You know, it takes a time oh. to find a role. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, what did I do? And I was 40, exactly 40. And that role was, uh, it, 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 um, you know, the guy, by the end of the show, he's got a gun to his head and he's, you know, wants to kill himself. I had too much light on my eye until very, you know, it wasn't long. So I closed the show. I wasn't, I didn't keep it open and I was super depressed. And it was about when I started to split up with Rebecca and I was like, now I could play the role. <laughs> now that I've gone through all right, this shit. Now you're in the right headspace for it. Yeah. But Cabaret was, hey, was wh- a highlight. Oh, so when, when you, you said, did I have a chip? And I think once I finally let go of it all, 
like I just let it all go. And one of the one of the moments was when I worked with James Earl Jones. I, I believe you came to that show, uh, yeah. Best Man. It was, uh, and here I am on stage with hands down the greatest living actor. Angela Lansbury was in this, and by the end of it, you know we were getting standing ovations. He was, and. I there was a last day and I, I was walking across the stage and they were tearing down the stuff and I said and people knew we'd become you know friendly and he would call me little John I said big you know, I call him Big Daddy and um and we we do the curtain call and, and I was standing right next to him and we do the bow and as we were just out of sight he'd be like there's some boobies in the third row and I go, Ooh. Um, boobies in boobies, the third yeah, row yeah, <laughs> yeah. <I was> like, <laughs> okay. he loved the ladies and so he said right. bring the girls bring you know Demi Moore came over but um so we're walking across. And I said, James, I have to tell you, you, um, I, you gave me something that I've never had. I, I feel that's real legitimacy, real people are looking at me like I'm a real actor. I'm going toe to toe with you on the stage, and I, I, I love you, and I thank you for giving this gift. And as we're, he said, okay, wait, wait. As we're walking out the the stage door, there's you know all these people, and there's and the first thing I walk out, and, and the first thing I hear is Uncle Jesse, Uncle Jesse, say have mercy. And I couldn't look at the guy, man. And he was standing next to me. And I thought, oh, I gotta get out, I gotta crawl out. And just as I was just ready to throw up, I look over, and somebody had their phone, and they put it up to James, and said, James, uh, uh, say Luke, I am your father. And we both looked at each other. I said, fuck it, that's it. I'm never worrying about Uncle Jesse and all that stuff again. And when I let that go, all you know, everything starts to come. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I I mean, uh, Uncle Jesse is such an interesting story in the book too. Like you get that gig, and within three seconds you're fucking hating it. I didn't realize the extent to which you hated that because in the table read, <laughs> the kid, you know, you you looked at Full House when you first were pitched it, that it was your show. <laughs> It was about the adults. Yeah, there were some kids on it, but the kids right. were very secondary. That's true. And then you're sitting there at that table, Reed. Yeah. And these kids are like killing. Yes. They're getting all the laughs. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm like, I'm like playing to these kids. I got to get off this. And you even called your agent and said, yeah. fuck this. Get me off this show. I don't want to be on it. Mm -hmm, that's true. Thank God somehow you didn't go off because it yeah. ended up being just a lovely kind of experience for you. But and you met Saget and then yeah. Kouye and all these other guys. And so, you know, it's it, it's a weird thing. Mm -hmm. That show was so successful for you, but you really wanted to walk away from it. You could have fucked that whole thing up. Yeah, but that I would listened keep to me you, up at night. You always said, "Don't leave a good thing. Don't leave a good thing." I remember that, and you told me that too. And you say it on the show all the time. I didn't. I didn't. You know, after a while, it, it settled in. You know, and, and again, I, I stopped fighting it, and I, and I said, oh, "I got to make the best of this." And I clicked with the, you know, the Michelle character, the Olsons and stuff. Bob and I didn't. The two hardest. I started with the first chapter, which was DUI, and it was very, very difficult. And it's five stages of grief were, you know, sex, drugs, more, you know, shit. And um, and then I wrote the Saget uh, chapter. And the day yeah. that I found out that he died, and that was very, very difficult. And the five, luckily, the five stages of grief there was meditation. When you health. got the DUI, did you think your life was over? Did you think like my career shot, everything's done, like I'm fucked? No, and that's the problem. I mean, I, 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 I went home after that. It was horrible, Howard. I could have killed somebody, man. It was. It, it just makes me sick to my stomach, and I um, was seeing myself there with handcuffs. I was, oh, that's not the. Got kid that my parents raised. My parents were good, right. and I was disrespecting my childhood because I was it was beautiful and what everything I learned from my parents. So I went home, and you know what I did? I drank another bottle of wine by myself. 
Holy then, shit. And then I You're realized. Kidding me. No, and I realized, I was just with Rita Wilson and uh, Nia in Greece, and, and I realized, I forgot that the next day they said, Oh, you got to go to Toronto. You're in uh, my big fat Greek wedding, too. I'm like, What? I was ham. I, I was, and I was, I don't remember being on that set. Wow. I don't remember. John, I swear there. to you, I didn't know it was so bad. Well, uh, I know. You well, said. When we were in Mexico, I thought maybe. I was hammered. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. That you was, were hammered, Barbie. That was, do you remember what was going on? You were like always like in your room and maybe. Look who's talking. You, you left, the, you, yeah, you never left your room. It's true. <laughs> probably thought I had something wrong with me too. <laughs> well, we did, well, I didn't we, know. Yeah, I know, I know. And, and I appreciate you saying it later, but there's nothing anybody could have done. It was, it was I had to look at myself, you know. Right. So it was the, so when I, as soon as I c came back from Toronto, the big fat Greek wedding, my sisters were there and my agents and everybody was like, okay, it's time. It wasn't even an intervention. It was like, we packed you back, you're going. I said, okay. I, it's time. And were you would, mad at them? No, no. I knew I got it. So that's when I knew, like, shit, man. I I'm close to fuck. And I. Uh, uh, Where did you go to rehab? Do you ever talk about that? Yeah, a little bit. I went to Cirque, this place, Cirque in Utah, and it was beautiful. It was great. How long do you go for? I went for thirty days, and you know they wanted me to stay longer, but I. You know what I had waiting for me? Grandfathered. Uh, that show that I did with Josh Peck, that show got picked up, and then oh, I'll tell you what, I was fucked up right now. And that show got picked up, and Fuller House was starting. So. I was like, I can't, you know, and, and I think the heads of the studio was like, this guy better get his shit together and, you know, show us. Uh, and I just knew it was time. And, it, you know, they say, well, you're sick and tired of it, you're sick and tired of it. Um, so the rehab did was... Did you stop drinking at rehab? I mean, did oh, you... Oh, yeah, 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 that's it. I've was not that had the a last drink. time? I've not had a no. drink since June uh, 25th, eight years ago. Wonder what, what did they do to get, like, what was the message that finally got through to you in rehab? Like, was there well, somebody there that got through to you? It wasn't. I had a great one, great counselor. You just you dry out, and then you just it's very you know you just talk about your life and all the things you fucked up and all the people that you know that you. There's a great thing where you in in uh, the twelve step. The fourth step is you write down all your resentments and you know people that fuck. So I'm I'm uh, Rebecca did this. I was like a, you know I just kept writing and writing and writing. And the guy my sponsor, are you done? I said no. Give me another pen. But ah, she did this. She said, that. and he goes now um now in the next column. Uh, what, right, what part you played in all that? I go, get the fuck out of it. I didn't play. I, I was great. I was a great husband, you know. And just, he goes, even if it's 1%, just do it. So I start writing. I was like, oh shit. And I realized at that moment that I had a lot more to do with that, uh, you know, separation, divorce than I was willing to admit. Without. Have you heard, have you heard from Rebecca? No, no. And, she, mm -mm. and, well, I. She, do you think she, do you think she's upset that you wrote about this in the book about you and Rebecca. I mean, I thought you were pretty respectful, but yet, you know, there's some pretty harsh, you know, it, it, it's pretty honest appraisal. Well, it was, he, they told me, they said, well, you're going to write about Rebecca. I'm like, no, why would I do that? You know, these publishers, you know, you've been there, and they said, you got to write this, you got to write Lori. I said, I don't have to do anything. Um, so, but Rebecca, it gave me a chance to, to tell the truth. You know, anything less than the truth is paralysis. That's what I realized writing this book. I was like, I have to be honest. I set out to write a hero story. I did this, you know, and that was like, what the fuck am I doing? And it was a do or die moment. I actually said, I, I can't do this. Take your money back. I'm done. But then I decided to just dig in. The Rebecca thing, I do want to address that because, you know, a lot of these headlines the last few days, week, um, you know, John Stavos hated Rebecca. John Stavos called her the devil. None of that. The way, you know, they pull it out differently. I never, I didn't hate it, Rebecca. I hated her after we split up and I blamed her. But after writing this book, I realized it was just as much my fault. And that's, 
what I wanted to get across about her. That's it. When you, you say know? it was your fault, what do you think you did? To fuck that whole thing. You sound like up. my wife. She said, uh, she said, what, I want to know what, what you did. <laughs> I said, well, yeah. I don't know. Well, I just wasn't, you know, I, look, I felt that I became emasculated and you, you were around that. And it wasn't her, you know, it was, it was, and she was a very smart girl and she hung, but she started hanging out with, you know, a different crowd. Do you remember? And you became emasculated because her mm -hmm. acting career was starting to take off after yes. you and, and rightly so, I think Rebecca would admit, you helped get her acting career going. You were very yes. encouraging. I loved her, and I thought she was super talented, so I was, I was happy to do that. But I forgot about my own stuff. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, but I'm saying, so you felt emasculated by her. In other words, that she wasn't being supportive of you in your career. Mm -hmm. Is that um, accurate? <clears throat> she, no, she was. It's just that hers, was, was, she was taking off, and I just I wasn't paying attention to mine. And it, you know, it wasn't her fault. I mean, you know, you just get wrapped up in these things. And I was, ha I said, you know what? I've had enough fame. I'm okay. Let's let's let put the spotlight on her. And it, and I loved watching it. <clears throat> I think that she outgrew me. And again, like my 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 naivete, you know, my I gave <clears throat> I used to give fifty sixty percent in anything. And I thought, well, that, my fifty percent is better than you know ninety nine percent of the people out there. I don't have to give it all. But I just you know I didn't work at anything i didn't work as hard as i should at anything you know acting do you think you could have saved that marriage um I, 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 at what point like like no i think it, it, no i don't think so i think she was over it was doomed that was it at that point it was and it was you know I, that's you, an I interesting thing you just said let me back you up okay acting you tried 50 percent mm -hmm. your marriage you tried 50 percent mm-hmm Drumming too, maybe fifty percent, sixty, sixty. Yeah. So in your mind, if you had really focused more, yes, on any one of these three things you just mentioned, I'd be George Clinton. Well, I'd be I, my my career and my my life would have been a lot better. Yes. Like what do you, you think was you put one hundred and ten percent into every fucking thing absolutely, you do. and and I, I admire that so much, and I do it now, and and be, you know why? Because if you put one hundred percent into something, me at that point is what I was thinking, and I failed, then it's like oh fuck, I've, I'm a failure. I put everything I got, but if I don't give it all, like well, you know, I don't put fifty, sixty percent. I mean, it's fucking stupid thinking, and I should have learned, you know, from you. I started going to therapy when you, we talked about my, my dad died. I called Ralph. <laughs> and, uh, Ralph. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> yeah. I called, I said, I think I don't know if I talked to you, but I said, oh, I gotta go to a therapist. What's, and I was living in New York. I said, you know, who's Howard's therapist? Said, I can't tell you that. He said, but I have this guy. So I went to him and he was, I remember just crying for the first time talking to him. So that was wow. the beginning of that. And I've been going, do you know this, uh, Phil Stutz? Did you watch that, that documentary on him? And I think I said it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So he's, you know, he, he used to say, he, he would tell me all this stuff. He'd say, your life is like a, Porpoise orgy, like fucking knock it off, man. You know, hard work. What does that mean? A porpoise I, orgy? Like I was a circus. Like I was just fucking all over the place. Okay. And, yeah. and he would call me out on the, um, you know, giving. He said, you know, he said, what I would do was I would I would work kind of hard and then reward myself, which is which was you know the bad shit. And he said, you know, hard work. You know what your reward is? More work. And that's right. And that's how you are. You you yeah. you want to be a photographer? You could build a camera. I'm a I was yeah. a jack of all trades, you know. I since then you talk about drumming. I've gone back to drumming the last couple of years. I'm playing my ass off, you know. Um, but wait, uh, what? the Beach Boys wouldn't have you as their drummer unless you knew what the fuck you were doing. I mean, you got to really be good at it. Well, the Carl Wilson, who was the who was the real Brian. I've spent time with Brian too, but Carl was the musical director when I was around a lot, and um, 
he liked my playing, and that meant everything to me, you know? He was yeah. A, do, was do other musicians, like I saw you had a relationship with Taylor Hawkins. You yeah, guys used yeah. to exchange videos back and forth and mm -hmm. stuff. Kid was a motherfucking drummer. I know. Sure. I, he was so. You, they were so good on here too. Remember that one day they were in L.A. and they and you guys cut to him early and they were talking about the best the Don Henley so the best solo Eagle stuff and they didn't know you yeah. guys were on. I was texting him that whole time. He lived down the street from me. Um, I moved in. And COVID happened, so yeah, so we didn't hang too much, but we'd send videos back and forth and drum videos. And I saw we were at this uh, festival a couple of weeks ago in in Asbury Park, and. Um, I saw, I, when I saw it on the schedule, I said to the Mike Love, I said, this, you know, this is, there's a lot of heavy hitters here. The Foo Fighters were headlining and the Killers and Greta Von Fleet and the uh, Weezer and all these great. I said, you know, it's not, you're an oldies band, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know. And then they said, well, we want you to be there. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I was sort of dreading it. We were driving there and we were playing at 4.30. So I, mean, I said, you know, maybe the bands, no one will be here. And, and I didn't look out in the audience and I stayed in my, in my the, the trailer thing. And I look out the window about three o'clock, Grohl pulls up and this guy pulls up and I'm like, oh shit. I'm like hiding under my fucking table. <laughs> uh, you know, Pat's Why spirit. are you hiding? Because you feel like maybe you're not in their league? Well, I'm not, but I, but I, but I just didn't want to get nervous. You know, I don't know. I, you know, it was nerving. So I get on stage. We walk on stage. I should, I should say, and it was 35, 40,000 people and they went batshit screaming for me and screaming for the Beach Boys. And Mike, we only had an hour. So it was, Hit, 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 hit. And it was one of the greatest shows I've ever played with them. And I, I, I was afraid to look to my right because I, I knew everyone was back there. So I kind of got off and they all came to my trailer and said, man, you're so fucking great drummer, blah, blah. And, and I was like, Grohl goes, I was behind you videotaping, man. I'm like, oh my God, I want to shit my pants. You know, right. it's just like that. And I showed him what I got. It was great because I, I got to show him the couple of these things. Of I wanted to talk about Taylor to him, and I, 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 I said, "I'm sure you're sick of talking." I was like, "No, no, tell me, tell me, tell me." And he actually was consoling me. He put his hands on me. Said, John, you know, it, we, he was the greatest. He's still with us. We do a tribute every night. You know, I could tell that he knew that I needed to hear that. It was really beautiful. You know what I'm obsessed with? This is getting back to Rebecca again because I spent okay. a lot of time yeah, with the did. two of you as a couple. Oh, I, I'm yeah. thinking. I wonder if. Rebecca has told her children that she was married before and she was married well, they to you. They know. Got, I've read about they do this. Know? Yeah, I think Jerry used to goof on it, but then, was it the Jerry or Rebecca or somewhere I, we read where it was um, that they want, they wished they, that I was their dad because they love Full House or something. <laughs> <laughs> she lives, she doesn't live far from me. And I, I hope they hear this or hope they think that, that, that I don't have, this book, it was, you know, People said, "Do you ever?" Before I wrote this book, I had a lot of regrets. After writing it, I, I just spilled it all, and I realized everything was there for a reason. I, you know, this DUI, which I fucking hated, but you know, it straightened me up. And then Caitlin came around, and I have a beautiful son now. And if if I didn't go through what I did with Rebecca, I I wouldn't have been with Caitlin. I wouldn't know how to be. And with how her, would you? But but how would you advise? Mm -hmm. Like you read about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Right. They're having this fabulous public romance right now. Yeah, that's my my. What, what did you say? Yeah, that's scary. I was just on Chelsea Handler the other day, and I said, "This is Joe Coy, like you guys." I was, and it wasn't. I wasn't saying anything bad. I was. I. I was so happy for her and, and him. Right? Then they break up, like you know, whatever. Well, the, the, what I'm saying is, mm -hmm. it, there couldn't be. There couldn't have been two more beautiful, young, famous people than you and Rebecca. Mm -hmm. But when you go through Hollywood, especially in that business or even in the music business, it hardly ever works. Something happens right, between right, right. people where either they get jealous of one another, one gets more successful than the other, or 
You know what I mean? There's yeah. landmines all over the place, well, what, right? You went through that with your first wife, I think, right? Was it, yeah. um, you know, it was, it's that, I guess. It, the Is it a second marriage? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, there are landmines, but you don't, first of all, she was just, a, she was a model and she was very successful and you, you don't think about like, oh, we shouldn't get together. We're both attractive people and we're going to, you know, no, we're not going to make it. Well, I thought, look, my thing was like, and part of it, the heartbreak there was that I was going to, we were going to have a family together. We always talked about kids. And then yeah. when that talk started to stop, I was like, oh shit, man. But again, I'm here to say that, you know, and I was so angry at her for so long, as you know, and I'm just so happy to not be angry. I'm happy for her. And I could never say that on here. And if I did, it was, I was bullshitting. But the did truth your parents is, like the marriage or were they, uh, your parents were very conservative, uh, not crazy, right? Yeah, they, they, I don't think they loved, my sisters didn't, I know that, uh, but it doesn't matter. I, you know, and you know, I, I, I finally reached out to her. Um, I had these, no, I, we have the same business manager. And I said to, um, to hit, I heard that her mother died, and then no, they were close, obviously. And uh, I had a bunch of video. To, I when we got divorced, I had a, all this video of us and our whole life and everything. I take a lot of pictures and video, and um, I copied all of it. And it was expensive to get all this stuff, like thousands of dollars. And I gave it to the business manager, and she said, "I don't want it. Take it, have him take it back. I don't want to remember that." And that really mm. hurt me, right? So I said, "All right." Fuck you, I'll keep it, and that's that. When her mom died, I knew I had a bunch of video of her, and especially, I wasn't barely even in it. So I gave it to my business managers to give to her, and, and she wrote me and said, thank you, that, that meant a lot, and congratulations on your beautiful life and everything. So that was, that was the one exchange that we had. Um, Isn't it weird when you read about couples who divorce and then they get along really well? It's yeah, I don't get it. And Caitlin's like, why aren't you guys friends? Why aren't you friends? I'm like, right. what do you mean, why aren't we friends? She does live, anyway, so, I, again, I wish them the best, and that's, you know, that's, I'm glad that I got to, but I, but I do feel bad, because if you see these headlines, it's like, Rebecca, he says Rebecca was the devil. I didn't, you know, it was out of context. I didn't realize, um, yeah. you know, it's it's weird, too, after a divorce, like a, I've gotten together with Rebecca and her, her husband, Jerry, who I'm very fond of. And mm. and I was always fond of Rebecca. And it's like weird. You feel like maybe you're cheating on. Um, am I cheating on John? You am were. Yeah, you were cheating. Yeah. yeah. Do, 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 would you be mad about that? Seriously? If you had heard that I'd gotten together with them? You didn't tell. I mean, I didn't. You didn't hang out with them that much, right? Is it, should I be no. mad now? <laughs> a couple of times I've had dinner with them out here. It's, yeah. I, I would. Uh, yes, I remember. Uh no, I, I didn't. I don't. I don't think I cared. Though. I mean, I no. I, maybe I did. I, yeah, I did, because I you felt did? that you and I were clo- were closer, and I feel like we were. We still were. We still, you know, we still are. You want to know the truth? Yeah, please. I had no idea whether you left her or she left you. I didn't. I really yeah, was did. not privy. You know then. what else? Here's, I did not know. Here's interesting. I was. Um, so we first we we got um, first we split up for a while. She said, "Let's let's split up." I'm like, "No." Let's just split. Let's have a split. I was coming here to do this shitty ass movie, and she was off doing some big movie somewhere. And um, I said, "Well, what's uh, what does that mean? This, you know, uh, uh, separation." I said, "That mean with other people?" She goes, "Means whatever you want." Yep, we're done. We're separated right now. About oh god. So I came here to New York and made this bad movie. And I was texting her a couple. She said, hey, "I don't know if it was text. I was calling." She said, "Hey, we're th- this separation means no contact." I said, "Okay." got through the shitty movie she calls me at the end of it and says uh hey i go hey uh, um we're not supposed to talk to each other and she said well uh i wanted to ask you about our, our bedroom i want to do this remodel and this thing and this thing. i go oh 
Oh, does that mean she wants me to come back? I said, you, 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 you okay. She goes, uh, yeah, I think we should, let's give it another try. But that night, you and I and, and Ralph and some people, we went out to, um, we went to a movie. You, you'd rented a little screen somewhere. I can't remember what the movie was. Do you remember? Right. And, no. And we watched the movie and then, okay, bye guys. And then I went out that night and just went balls out party with, you know, everything and the girls. And I was up all night. And then and the next morning she shows up in New York. Hi. I'm like, hi. And, uh, and Were you in bed with a girl? No, 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 no. No. A guy. So she showed up. So in other words, you're saying it was doomed because you had been out partying. No, 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 she, no. She didn't. I mean, I just, I got it together. I was, I was fine. And, and she came, I just remember I was with you the night before she came to, to New York. And wow. we tried, you know, for a little while. And then at the, you know, after a few months and she had, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. I wasn't, I felt, again, I was naive. I probably and she sort of told me, and it was very hurtful, that I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't sharp enough, I wasn't, you know, I didn't know well about it. And that was hurtful. But, you know, she was probably right. And so um, we tried for a little while, and it just wasn't there. And, and I called her, and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming home. And I waited for her to say, no, please come home. She goes, okay. And that was yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that's the worst. You know, it is shocking. <laughs> Because people think of you as like this guy who can get any girl, you know. I type people. I think that mm -hmm. because you, you know, you're handsome and you're you're a fun guy. I've been with you. Yeah. The the you know, it is shocking, and yet there are you even say in the book, I have been dumped mm -hmm. several times. Well, again, I, I wanted to show that I, you know, I'm a human, obviously, and that I could I could you know, you could think about these guys out there going like. Oh, I don't have money. I'm not good looking. That's why my wife dumped me. And then look at me. You know, it's like, it's bullshit. People are who, just who shitty. Who has cheated on you? Well, well, give me the uh, list of people who cheated on you. Who cheated on you? Well, a couple, a few here and there. Um, who? Well, Terry, uh, Tony Depp. Terry, but yeah. She says they were broken up. We were broken up, so I don't know. But I, I didn't think we Are you shocked by her response? First of all, I, then I read Then I read that mm -hmm. she's into Jesus now. She's like she a total... She was, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah? You know, she was, uh, she was great. And, you know, she came... It was... I, I was devastated. And again, like, a, a lot of these things propelled me. Like, this guy who gave me the black guy. I said, I'm going to show that sort of bitch. I'm going to get on TV. I get on TV. Now I'm going to... Every milestone of my career was about showing this motherfucker that hit me, that embarrassed me so goddamn bad that I'm gonna I'm gonna get you and you're gonna be bad. And then I then I saw I'm with the Beach Boys. I'm gonna invite him to a Beach Boy show and I'm gonna come backstage and I'm gonna have my bodyguards beat the shit out of him. No, I'm gonna have him hold it down and I'm gonna give him a black eye. That's how it hurt. It hurt for so long. And then finally, after all these years, I kind of thought, you know what? Yeah, I'll let it go. I mean, and if I ever saw him, I'd say thank you, thank you, man. You know, you you believe it or not, like I, you propelled me to be where I'm at, and I thank you, and I walk away. But I would say mm -hmm. to him, I yeah. dated that girl for like two years after you, and she said you had a small dick, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Don't you have these wow. guys that you want, wanted to get back at? Yes, yeah. pink oh, vomit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a list. All of them. I mean, there's a ton of guys. Did like, you that get propelled me? Yeah, right. I know it did. Did you get? Um, you were? Did, did you ever be cheated on, girl? Uh, you know, I, I was in a, like a long term relationship. Not, not mm. really. I mean, you know, but but the, I wouldn't call these women my girlfriend. You know, right. that's like women wanted to be your girlfriend. I, I knew people and then I'd find out that maybe she was fucking another guy I knew mm -hmm. because really she wasn't my girlfriend. I, I you know, right, I didn't right. have that kind of success. I mean, some of those romps in the book are great because <laughs> like I do love that story where um, 
This is the greatest. And oh, I think this has got every guy's dream. Mm. You talk about when you're on Full House or something, there was a, a woman, a penthouse pet. General Hospital. Was, you know, General Hospital. Beautiful mm. girl. Maybe she was there. She was there with her portfolio. She yeah. walks into your dressing room and says, yeah. hey, John. Here's my portfolio, yeah. and it's filled with nude pictures of her and mm -hmm. uh, sexual things. Mm -hmm. She removes her clothing. Yeah. There's no conversation. No she just problem. removes her clothing, yeah. and the two of you bang, and yes. then she gets up and leaves. She washes herself in the sink first, and then leaves. And it gets. Dressed. Is that right? Yeah, it was, I, I'll never forget that either. Do you have, like, when you were writing a book, did, did all this stuff come back to you in your mind? Like, oh my God, I remember this, I remember that. Yeah. My mom but, kept, uh, I'll, I'll talk about it. My mom kept every picture, every calendar, every journal, every, and she wrote me these beautiful notes, which we can talk about. So I, ha I went back and checked all these dates and everything. But yeah, I had this tiny little dressing room and I had pictures of it. And there was a tiny little sink over there. And I thought, yeah, that's the weirdest fucking thing. But the reason why I put that one in too was because I felt, shitty afterwards it wasn't like every schoolboy's dream like yeah hey, i fucked a pat penthouse because you felt like she used you and you used her is that it is I wasn't that the use anybody i mean she no i just felt like it just wasn't you know it wasn't what you dream of as a kid like you know i, I just felt i wanted to be in love i wanted to be in a relationship i wanted to have a family like my parents I know but, it's, isn't that I know that, mind, but, but isn't that a mind-blowing experience john i mean not many of us get to do that where this is a woman who's so gorgeous and just walks in and just wants you. And and what do you mean she watched herself in the sink? In other words, she watched her private parts yes. in the sink, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, it was, and then we just went on with our day. Some of the, well, that's the, you know, that was it too. It's like, that was the beginning of, you know, a little before that with this other girl who, who was the boyfriend, the girlfriend of that guy, was when girls started to like me all of a sudden. It was weird because I swear to you, I was not, I had a, I was probably, I was like you, puppets and dorky and not, you know, nobody. And then when it switched and it, like it almost overnight, you know, the girls started looking. Yeah. I was, I was glad you put in the Apollonia story. You had told vanity. me that on the air. Vanity. Uh, vanity, yeah, yeah. not Apollonia. Vanity. Yeah, that was Sorry. a trip, too, because... I'm a crazy <laughs> story how you... You know, you're sitting there. You're mm -hmm. about to do a movie. It was a By cast way, before dinner. Yes. Yeah, cast dinner. Go ahead. Or, well, it was a meet-and-greet cast dinner thing. Uh, where you where you meet the cast, you meet the director, other people. It was Robert England was in it, and then Gene Simmons and and Vanity played this. The worst fucking. And again, I just the Terry Culpa thing had happened. I was like, I'm going to be a movie star. This is a John, James Bond. One of the James Bond guys. It was a it was just terrible movie. God. Um, but I get to the. It was at La Dome, and, and we sit down, and Vanity sits next to me, and just meeting people. And she puts her hand and starts jerking me off under the table. Where is it? You know, when you're sitting there with the director and other people, yeah. and she's just jerking you off under the table. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember this vanity. She yeah, was a good-looking yeah. woman. This is this is a <laughs> wow. She's a wow. Yeah, yeah. She was also, you know, extremely sophisticated. Obviously, more than me. And you know, I remember. Did you come? No, I don't think. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but because I was so embarrassed, like, stop! What are you doing? You know, and yeah. uh, Robert England's looked in there, and you know, I wrote the book. It was a joke. But it was like it would, it would have been a good time for him to say, "I'll have what he's having." You know, Gene Simmons, you know, was, was funny too. But um, uh, but it, it's kind it was, of a, but 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 John, it's kind of a role. I mean, um, Paul Abdul calls Paul Abdul was the biggest star ever. Yeah, gorgeous. <laughs> yes, he was. Calls gay. General Hospital and says, "Hey, I." Oh, was it was it Full House? Yeah, she called my my publicist actually, but yes, I was on Full House at the time. And she says, "I find you very attractive, and I want to date you. I want to date for the Grammys." Yeah. And uh, you know when it, that's 
that's the stuff dreams are made of. That's what we imagine if you get famous and you get to be in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's just mind blowing, really. <laughs> to look back at it again, yeah. I mean, when they asked me to write this book, I said, "No, fuck no, I got nothing. I don't have a story. I can't spell. I can't write." The idea of writing, but I remember you talking about it too. It's like you just sat down and did it. But the idea, I could, it just wasn't. I couldn't fathom writing it, a book. I was asking all my friends, "How do you do it?" If I didn't know where to start, and so as I'm writing it. I'm remembering all this stuff. I go, oh, maybe I do have a story. And that's, you know, one of them. The vanity, so looking back, I go, oh, now I get it. I mean, here's a girl that you read about later who was sexually abused, you know, by her father who died. She was a, she was a drug addict. In fact, I read in Nikki Six's book, um, The Heroin Diaries, he was fucking around with her at that time, the same time, I think. And she was doing heroin or whatever with him. So the poor wow. girl, you know, she had a terrible thing. And I didn't, I, I can't, I was 19, 20. I didn't know how to negotiate that. She came on the set and she had these, we had, it was a action movie. She picks up two machine guns, that blank things and go, shooting them all over the fucking place, you know. But she had, you know, maybe it felt good for her to, to sort of, you know, dominate a kid like me because that's what she dealt with her whole life, I guess. And there's no thought in your mind, hey, maybe we'll be together again. It's just a one-off. It just happened and that's it. You don't say to yourself, hey, I want to be with her again. Not this, not her. Uh, you know, she was she was wild and, and severe. But I did have sex with her, I think, uh, during... She was just... You know, I found myself as I'm writing and there's a few more. These girls were all a little older than me, way more sophisticated than me. And I'm not saying they took advantage of me. I w- I'm not a victim, but they but they were in charge. And you were probably not ready for it emotionally. But you write in the book. I got to ask you about this. Yes. You write in the book. You passed out during sex with Paul Abdul. (laughs) You you, you were asleep inside of her. No, I was Um, going to. I was. uh, It was oral sex. Okay. You were going down on her and you fell asleep. Yes. And you write, hey, I was embarrassed by that. Yes. Sam Kinison. Yeah. Had it uh, was on the air, and and, and Jessica Hahn said, uh, "Gee, Sam fell asleep while he was inside of me." He got so upset about her saying that. Oh, really? I guess he was embarrassed. Yeah, I'm. Not, but, but why were you embarrassed by that? So you fell asleep. I was. Yeah, I was jet lagged, and it was the whole thing. But she thought it was funnier than hell, and she told everybody. I said, "Okay." Then I wasn't embarrassed after that. You know, John. Not so funny is you. You describe in the book uh, that when you were very young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a babysitter or a neighbor. I, I forget the thing. Babys- but a babysitter. Yeah. Babysitter. Yeah. Who sexually abused you? Mm-hmm. And again, most guys go, "What do you mean?" She would put her hand. She would take your hand, put it on her tit. She would mm-hmm. kiss you. Mm-hmm. Uh, most guys would say, what? "The fantasy." They would. Right. Most guys would go, "Oh, I wish somebody would have done that with me." You know what I mean? That's yeah. the typical yeah. male reaction. But oh. you say no. It was really traumatizing to you. Well, it was. So at, you didn't suffer any of that, right? <laughs> Look, ever... do you think? Do you think anybody was looking <laughs> yes. for me? You know what the no. funniest thing? I don't, don't want to go off the subject here, but you remember when I brought yeah. Rickles in? It, and by the way, that was one yeah. of the most special things that I've ever been part of, and I know you loved it too. And you stood up, and you were so respectful. And Don and you, Don was talking about being a, a nerdy kid in school, and he had to use his humor to get girls. And you said, you know, the same thing happened to me. And he said, no. He said, you look like a Jew Zulu. <laughs> he was the best best. that always amazed me about you and you do write about it in the book like your heroes were like 
you thought the cool guys were like Frank Sinatra and Elvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I looked at those guys as the uncool guys. Really? I, I really, we, we have that difference. But then when you started to sort of hang with Rickles, I went, that's the greatest thing ever. That's the greatest hang of all time. The greatest. Yeah. When yeah. I, do you want to finish that other story or? or yeah. Sure. Yeah. Go, sorry. Go, I, yeah, I, Cause I, I don't want to blow by these things, but okay, there's so sorry. much in the book. You're, uh, and by the way, you're, uh, Paul Simon was genius. You keep getting better. And the Keith Richards, oh my God, I love, I've watched it twice. I, I didn't understand a fucking word he said, but you were so, you asked the best questions. You could tell you were so prepared. See, that's the thing about you. And that's what I've learned. And I'm, I'm that way now. I prepare. I over prepare. And that's what you do. And I can tell. It's just, anyway. So, uh, oh, the big Well, maybe thing. things came too easy to you. They did. Like for you sure. 100%. Yeah. That's what the thing is. And the, I mean, yeah, go ahead. No, no, And I'm the sorry. thing is, the thing is that I that uh, once I straightened up and I met Caitlin, I was like, I'm going to put a hundred percent into this. If it doesn't work, okay, I'll be bummed out. But I, but at least I know how to do that. And that's when I really started to, uh, you know, being a father and it's everything. I just put all I can into it. And if I fail, fuck it. Who cares? I have done enough. I've, I'm successful enough. I want a, a family and I want it to be great. So I put all of it into everything. What into happened it. to you with this woman who abused you? I mean, how old was she? Was she a, was, she was, was probably, she a teenager? you know, 18 years. She lived next, you know, she was, uh, she was a babysitter. And here's the thing. So, you know, obviously I, it, it's, um, it was, it wasn't, I know that it was wrong then, and I shouldn't have been negotiating. I shouldn't have been trying to figure out these feelings of like, because it wasn't, it felt kind of good. You know, it started to feel good. It was weird. I would play, it was weird. But I would play possum, and I'd be like, sleep, and then she'd come in and do that. Uh, it was no penetration, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it was a, it was odd. And um, I... She touched you? She was fondling your penis? I think, but I don't, I don't believe it was like, ow, there's a, no oral sex or anything, but she would you know, put my hand on her breast or she would put, I, I, I remember her breast, you know, uh, putting it in my mouth or, you know, my mouth or something. Um, and I think that it was a game that I was playing along with her. Oh, I'm asleep. I'm going to sleep. Okay. And then she, so it, it stayed with me wow. for a while and I didn't tell my parents, but I eventually I told this neighbor kid because I thought it was, it was, you know, it was like, this is cool, man. So-and-so is doing this. And he told her cause he didn't believe me. And then that's, that's when it stopped. But so I've been a, I've been a spokesperson and, um, for close to 40 years for the abused children. There's an organization called child help that my mom got me involved in early on. And sometimes I used to think like, why am I so passionate? I mean, obviously it's a horrific, you know, thing that goes on with these kids and, but I was really, I put everything into this organization, Child Help. Um, and I'm a spokesperson for the hotline. And about five years ago, I was, I was making a speech at a, at a charity and I was writing it out. And all of a sudden it came back. And it, mm. Howard, it was like, oh my God, my heart started pounding. I started crying. I was sweating. And Caitlin was, what's the matter? I, was, I just, I'm remembering this. Jesus, oh my God, my God, my God. I said, do I talk about it? it you know, and I was like, has it affected me in my, my my relationships over the years my i don't know um but do i it has to uh, yeah probably huh what do you think well it could make you angry at women mm -hmm. uh she took advantage she like you, you know you know what i mean who yeah, knows yeah, yeah. how it plays out on with the, with, with a person but you know what it is hmm. when a guy makes a story like that right. a lot of times you're not taken seriously they're like oh john shut up yeah, sure. who cares you know like but but it affected you for sure and it affects people even much more than me i know that because you know since so so it came so i 
I, I thought, no, I'm not going to talk about it now. At that thing, it was like five years ago. I'm going to pack it away because it was about the kids that day. Um, then I started writing this book, and I even said, I even forgot about it then. I started to do the reading of it in the in the th- booth where you talk. I said, oh fuck, oh, blah, blah, blah. do I do it? And I talked to everybody, and um, I said, I have to, t- I have to say it. It's a page, two pages, maybe. I don't want to make a big deal. But what a charlatan I am if I'm not, because I know how it af- affects people. I, 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 you know, I've been part of this organization for so long, so. It, when it came out a few, like a week ago or whatever, I've had at least 15 or 20 calls, uh, calls and texts from friends, good friends that say, oh my God, the same thing happened to me. Guys, here's the deal. It was one out of every 25 guys have been sexually abused by the time they're 18. That's the stats and seven out of every 25 girls. But the numbers have to be so much bigger because people, right. boys don't talk about it. So, and so many people have, have reached out and on social media and stuff. So oh, thank you. You're a hero. I didn't feel like a hero, but that when you live with that, it, it, it manifests in other areas. It fucks up relationships. It, you know, disease. You can feel, I have a very good friend who's just, you know, it happened to him twice by guys, an uncle, a brother, and he, you know, he finally mm-hmm. dealt with it, but it's something that I guess, you know, it's best to get it out and talk it. Yeah, we have this 800 number, 1-800-4-8 child, and kids can call, parents can call, you know, anonymous, whatever it is. I didn't even realize how close you really were with Bob Saget. I know you, you got used to <laughs> sit and tell me, oh, he's my friend. You know, I really like Saget. Yes. Saget's great, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't realize the dude was really like your brother. I mean, you love this guy. Oh, yeah, man, I did. And, and uh, we didn't at first. The two hardest chapters turned out to be the Full House stuff because I knew it meant so much to people. And I kind of blocked a lot of it out of my mind because, but. So I started in on it, and then I started talking about that, that reading that you, you mentioned earlier. And then um, I, Bob and I, I didn't like him. And I came out of, you know, so one of the first old guys that I, that I loved, who was my mentor, was Jack Klugman. I, I did a TV show with him uh, right before Full House. I yeah. didn't realize how close you were to him either. The guy really advised you. What a yes. lovely man he sounds like. Beautiful guy. And did yeah. you ever meet him? Did, probably not. I don't think so. Yeah, he was no. he was a, my first sort of mentor, and, and you know, do this, do that. He, in fact, he. So it was a show called You Again, and it was a British thing. And and Ben Stiller was up for it. Every guy, every young, you know, guy. I was a, the one chick in the room, you know, going, uh, you know, uh, I can do it. I, and Jack loved me. And I remember auditioning um, at NBC, and I would go in, and uh, I did the scene, and okay, thanks, and, and I go out, and he said, wait out there, Arda. And then you hear bang, crack, 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 in the room. Come on, come on, steam was coming out. All right, now listen to me, dear. And we go back in. I think it was, uh, it wasn't, Tartikoff was around, and, and but the, what's the guy, he was on this show, the redheaded guy who was uh, NBC for, oh, Warren Littlefield. Oh, Warren uh, Littlefield. Yeah, he was around too, and this other guy. And and they said, no, Stamos. And Jack said, if, if I watch Stamos, we don't, oh, I don't do the show. So we did the show. But what he would do, Howard, is he would sit me in the, the writer's room. Uh, they did a punch-up night. And, and Jack brought in Gary Marshall, Harvey Miller, uh, uh, Jerry Belson, the, the kings of, of comedy writing. These guys wrote everything from the odd couple. Of and I would sit in the corner and he'd say, just don't say anything and listen. Every once in a while, I'd pop it. Hey, what about? And they throw paper at me and stuff. But to watch these guys craft a scene and 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 and, and, and write from character and where's the story? Where's Jack? would always say, where's the love scene? Because we'd yell at each other the whole show, like the Odd Couple. And at the end, you know, you know where's the love scene? Um, so why do you I, think Klugman liked? Why did he do that for you? Why was he so nice to you? I was a sponge. I wanted to learn. Yeah. They call, used to call me the sponge. The same at General Hospital. They said, Johnny, your mom called. Go home. I said, no, I want to learn. I want to learn. I, I had such respect for these guys. But then my, when my dad died, I, I really gravitated towards the old Gary Marshall was a, like my godfather and, and then, you know, Rickles. Yeah, no, you had some really, you, you, but, you did something very smart with your life, but I never did. What's that? I didn't make friends with older guys like who could have possibly been 
Hmm. Like step in and be sort of like another father or an older brother or something. I never, never, I was so stupid about it. I felt like, fuck everyone. I'll do shit on my own. I like how you would reach out to people. You would think that you would have because of you weren't getting it from your dad, right? Yeah, it's a natural. It was stupid of me. I I almost feel like what an idiot I was that I didn't do that, what what you would describe. Mm. Um, You know, um, speaking about Full House, a couple of questions. Okay. Why do you think the Olsen twins didn't do the Fuller House sequel? Why did why did they turn that down? Did you ever talk to them about it? Sort of, you know, it was a, it was a messy time for 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 that show because I mean I I was upset at first and it kind of got out and I was only upset because I just you know I just thought it'd be nice to have them for a minute. I produced it. We came up with the idea and everything, and um, so it got weird in the in the press and stuff. But they just they just didn't want to you know they weren't they weren't acting and I don't think a real offer came through. And Lori Lachlan said to me, she goes, you know. They just won two CFDA awards. That's like winning Oscars. I don't, I don't want to come do this. I said, okay, I get it, I get it. They came to Bob's funeral and it, oh, it was, yeah, and it was, they were so, it was so beautiful and it was, we all needed it because we, did we, they speak? No, but they, but they came to my house. They, uh, they brought a, a, a pork chop and, and, uh, some sage for some reason. And that was the, the what is that about? What do you mean a pork chop? It was like a, a frozen, chop. you know, food. Um, you, well, but they brought frozen food to I, Bob's. Uh, no, to my house. We had, I had everybody over and stuff. But what they did, Howard, was they got us all together and said, we love you. We loved our childhood. We're grateful for you guys. We, we thank you for making those eight years so beautiful for us. We have such fond memories. We love you. Love you. And everybody just needed to hear that. And it was a really, I think it was Bob doing it, you know. And what did you say about Lori Lachlan in the book? That they, 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 there was some romantic feelings there, right? Like you, yeah, a little you, bit. You guys I, banged or no, or no, no. I think just made out or something? We you did. Said in the book? We did in the old, you know, we did in the old days. But um, it, she was married, and I was, and then you know, there was a moment where I think you know it was Rebecca because she came with me to the first time I met Rebecca. She was it was a fashion show, uh, Victoria's or something, and. Um, so she was there, but she was, she's just become, you know, she was just one of my, she still is one of the greatest friends. And they, you know, the publisher was like, you got to write about Laurie. I go, no, I don't. And I didn't. I didn't. Well, talk to me about that, okay. John. How do you handle shit like that? I'm always curious. You, you seem wise about this. Yeah. What do you, when, when, when Laurie got into trouble with her daughter and yes. the whole college scandal and all that, mm-hmm. and you're so close with her, you work with her for years. Yeah. Oh, you used to talk about Olivia, right? That how cute she was, not Yeah, oh, she's very cute. I, I follow her. Nice what, what, what do you do when that kind of scandal happens? How do you handle it? Do you call her, or you, do, you, do you do you just try to stay out of it, and then people call you for comment? Mm. What's the best way to handle when your friends are involved in a fucking public scandal that is kind of wacky? Yeah. Has what do ever, you do? Has it ever happened to you? Has anybody? I'm trying to think. Yeah, there yeah. are people oh, yeah, I know yeah, who. Yeah. Yeah, there are people I'm friendly with who mm-hmm. have had that, and uh, it's an odd thing. You don't. Right. You, what? How did you handle that? Well, what happened? What? So it was early in the, and so they wanted me to write about the book, and I asked her. She said, "Yeah, write anything you want. Blame you know, Massimo, her husband." And then I did, and it didn't look right. I pulled it out. Then again, I'm reading the book, and I go, "It's, it's, it's an elephant in the room in this area." So what I did was, it, so I wrote about the morning that I heard about it. So. She was in Canada, and my friend Roger Lodge texted me or something. Said, "Is Lori okay?" It was early too, and I said, "What do you mean?" It was some college scandal thing. So I'm looking on, googling it, and I didn't. I saw one little thing, and it was early. I called her up. I said, "Hey, how you doing? Are you okay?" She's like, "Yeah, why?" I said, "Well, I'm just hearing something that's called college scandal thing. What was that about?" And she says, "Oh, I don't know." She said, "But Massimo handles all the the dad. Um, you know, I, I saw a couple emails from a lawyer, but I don't think it's any big deal." I said, "Okay." And then I heard a click on the phone. I said, 
Did you hear that? Another click. She goes, yeah, I think they're bugging my phone. I said, what? Goodbye. Wrong number. <laughs> Hang up on her. And, um, and then, so I turn on the news and it became, you know, the, the FBI were on there and said, this is the biggest college scandal in history. And I, I text her, I go, are you watching the news? And she's like, no. I go, what do you mean? No. I said, there's a, there's a press conference. She's, what's it about? I said, you. She, she said, I saw the text. She goes, what channel? I go, all caps, every channel. And then that was it. I didn't hear from her for a bit because they, at that point, they, I think they rushed in and got Massimo here in, in California. And then she, you know, then they got into it. It was, you know, it, the last person on Full House you'd think would go to jail is her. It would be me first, you know, Jody, whoever the fuck, <laughs> not her. And she was America, you know, it, she became the face of, of white privilege, I think. And, and, um, so, but it was tricky because a lot of people were, you know, we were doing Fuller House and they said, she can't come back on. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. you know, it was, I think it was before. I don't, it was it was before she went to you know everything happened and one of the ladies there who was you know at Warner Brothers she said I put my kids through school and they did you know all that stuff and I get it a hundred percent so I was it was tricky to talk about it and I certainly didn't do it in the press so what have I wrote about it in the and then you know she goes to jail and and she moved by me uh, uh, in the middle of it and I was grateful to that because I could be there and sort of talk to her and she but would you contact her in jail and stuff because you want to be a friend or totally. do you just no, you I did. was very close with her the whole time. I didn't talk to, uh, I don't, can't remember, but she came out and she was, I said, how was it? She goes, oh, it was great. I met some nice people. We, uh, we started a book club. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, really? you know, the year or two before yeah. she went, she was doing all this great work and I knew about that and I was involved in some of it. She was helping kids. She was teaching uh, underprivileged kids. She was bringing stuff to old people. I mean, she's, that's how who she is. The, she paid her dues. Was she... Listen. Was the press asking you for quotes oh, or yeah, like yeah, some yeah, yeah. comment? And mm -hmm. what do you do? You just kind of hide? Yeah, I didn't say anything. You know, for the because you couldn't win. You know, and right. you want to defend your. But she, you know what? Look, what I so then I the angle on the book was this. I said um, I talked about the morning. I said I, I said people make m mistakes, some big, some small, but it's how you deal with the accountability afterwards. It's how you deal with it, and the way she dealt with it was better than. I could have done for sure. She stood up and she fiercely defended her family. And it was, it was very difficult, obviously. People were slinging shit at her kids. You know, that would be terrible, right? And, yeah. and, uh, you know, she wanted to, it, it was bad. And I was, she was a study in, uh, uh, um, you know, tenacity. I mean, she just didn't let it, she nearly was broken completely, but she held on to it and kept her family together. And I loved her for that. That's you know that's what I have to say about it. Is it hard for you to be friends? Like, does her husband get jealous? Like, I I wouldn't want you contacting right. my wife constantly. I, oh, you, you know what I mean? Shit. No, sorry. No. Uh, better you just contact me. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? Like, like when yeah, you're friends yeah. with like look, like this uh, Massimo get like, uh, mm -hmm. hey, what's what Stamos calling you every minute? Well, no, he well. I, I, you'd think he would. I, I, she says he doesn't. There was a, there was a thing where I said a few years ago, like, she was the one that got away or whatever. Like, I should have been with her. And it went everywhere. And I said to her, I said, Massimo, does he hate, does he, she goes, no, she, he didn't give a shit. So, I don't know. We, we're friends. They, they literally live, you know, a block away from me now. Is she the one that got away? Seriously? Do you think you could have had a great life with her? I have a great life with Caitlin. So, if no, that, no, I know. I, I know and that. I do mean that. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we're, um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think she was the one. I thought at the time I did. This is before I, you know, met. Uh, I think I love that. I love that little story in your book about um, 
you were writing about John had this great idea to go to Burning Man. <laughs> yeah, and he went to Burning Man in disguise. I was it was and, when I was in e, on ER and more Tierney. You know more, I think, uh, and um, Linda Cardellini and. Go ahead. You all go to Burning Man, <laughs> yeah. and 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 you decide. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be in disguise because you know I want to have the full experience. Yeah, I just that's exactly. And and you get in there and you realize everyone's ignoring you. No girls are paying <laughs> right, attention right. to you. Yeah. And uh, you even say you followed some girl with a great ass, and yeah. it turned out it was a dude. He recognized that me. Was his, yeah, he, that, the one guy who <laughs> recognized me. And, and you said you ripped off the disguise, right? Because you said this is bullshit. Yeah. It sucks not being famous, totally. right? It's it's I, a total honest appraisal. I, you know, a lot of people always ask me this too. It's like, you say that you wanted to be famous. I'm like, fuck yeah. I wanted to be, I wanted to be liked, first of all. And, uh, you right. know, and then they go, Is, you know, you hear some of these celebrities, oh, famous. I love it. I don't, don't you? Yes. You're always was, nice uh, to people. I was in- you know, being famous is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful gift. People 100%. enjoy what you do. Yes. Uh, you know, I mean, who the fuck? Who would not I, like I, it? Who wouldn't like that? But people say they don't like it. I was in Jersey. De Niro. Yeah, well. Doesn't like it. I was in Jersey last night, and I was doing a big book signing. 1,500 people showed up. And at first I was like, oh, my God. First of all, if you knew I was touching these people, you, you know, you would cancel the interview. But they were beautiful. They were just good people. They were normal people that have followed since I was on General Hospital. And it was a real honor to, to see all of them and meet them. And, and they're just normal, good humans. I got to ask you this. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis. This is another name that I had no idea that you were this close I just with. Texted her. Did she, she's not been on the show, right? Let me see what she said. No, she's never done that. I don't think she likes me, but I don't know. But uh, I, I'm a huge fan of hers. But yeah. but 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 John, go ahead. This is another person I didn't know. She wrote the forward to your book, and you say you mm. talk to her or text her every single day of your life. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. I said right I'm now. going on certain. She's, I said, have you been on? She said, no. She said, hold your truth. I said, okay. I mean, I didn't right. say it. She sent me something here. She, um, yeah, she's been like my you know, guardian angel or, or uh, you know, she's sober for a long time. And she writes, I asked her to do the forward and she said, well, they don't do that for memoirs, do they? And I said, yeah. She, like 20 minutes later, she sends this thing. It's the most, you know, I, I read it. I well, just what, what do you talk to her about every day? I mean, this is the name out well, of the, like, come, comes completely out of the blue for me. I Rickles, have no idea. Sort of the other ones, right? Um, right. I loved her dad, obviously. And, and um, we, we have a sober thing. I, I don't know if I, I mean, I don't think she cares. But, but part of this book was like, talking about this stuff really made me grateful for my life and it's gratitude gratitude you know you gotta say that all the time and but she, i she's someone it. you can talk about sobriety with? oh yeah, yeah, yeah yes of course oh in fact the other day she said um she said you know that when you got arrested and that whole thing i said yeah she goes go to the go to the thing she said print up a picture of you in those handcuffs i said no she goes do it do it right now print it up and put it up in your office and look at that when you ever you know i said okay we talk about what we're grateful for we talk about what what, what fears we have and we talk about our um we talk about like uh, what our um, action, like an like a like a what is our uh, attribute? And I'm a I'm a I'm. It's usually just like one word, you know, uh, I'm a supporter. I'm a lover. I'm a, I'm a you know, I'm, you know uh, things that you, more action kind of thing. Does that make sense? Um, and it's just a good way to start out the day. 
Do you hang out with her and her husband? I have. Do you, he's, uh, he's, he's just fantastic. a guy. He's a yeah. genius. And I was, right. I loved him so much. He's, he's not the most friendly guy. You can't have a, you know, you can't bring up a, a, a topic unless you know, like, you know, you, you have to know every fucking, where the guitar was made, what year, what kind of wood, what kind of strings, what, you know, and he has no, he suffers no for fools. And so you have to be on, t- and it was, you know, it was hard at first. And then I, then I said, I don't give a fuck. You know, I don't, he's not going to put me in his movie, but he's, what I did like was that, Excuse me, that was a beer. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> but then he fucked yeah. up. Uh, what I did yeah. like was the, his support, he, the way he supported her during that Oscar time. She's a she's a force of nature. She's 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 there. She shows up, and she's uh she's just one of my dearest friends. But she no does kidding. that with a lot of people. It's not like I mean we're very very close. But you could you know there's about fifty people who could you know say that or twenty five people that she's you know she's very active in the in program and being sober. So. Right. Uh, yeah. So, 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 uh, one of the things you've said uh, a couple of times while I'm talking to you today, mm-hmm. I did this shitty movie. I did that shitty movie. Yeah. What? Why? Why would you do those movies? Is it that actors look? Actors have to act. You don't always have your choice. You don't always get a hand at a script like The Godfather or right, something. Right. But why the shitty movies? In other words, do, when you read them, do you go, "These are shitty." God. Oh, it's Jamie That's, Lee. Yeah, hi, Jamie. It's my, it's my, uh, she probably is, it's my um, it, book agent. You know her, her what? name is Esther Duber. She was, uh, what's his name's agent? Um, the guy you hated who died, uh, um, uh, Imus. <laughs> Imus? Yeah, oh. we talked about that. Um, I didn't hate Imus, I know. Honestly. And she I didn't loved hate you. him. She said, she said he was, uh, Imus was hard on her, she said. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's a tough son of a bitch. Yeah. But uh, how do you um, feel? I mean, you know, the part of the the, the thing is the, is the um, one of the steps is you know you got to go back and apologize and for all this people make amends. And I see you yeah, doing I do it here and there. Yeah, I do that. I do that. I do that with some people. Yeah, I've called people. Yeah. Does that Letterman weigh on you I, ever? Does it like uh, Letterman? No, no. There were people though that I I've called like um, I was not kind to Robin Williams when he was on my show. And right. I, t- I tell this story all the time. I should have called him. And right. I kept saying to my wife, I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him. I'm, uh-huh. Even if he doesn't take my call. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, then he killed himself. And because I never of did. You? And I feel, no. no, no, not because of me. I, I met him. I, I don't think he thought about me that much. But here's uh-huh. what I was going to say. But wait. You say this about, yeah, go ahead. What? Does that, are there anybody, is there, who else is out there that you haven't? Is there any? I've, I've, I've been pretty good about saying to pe- people, that, at least people I felt. Yeah, I, I think so. It, it's I, not I easy, agree with but you. Uh, into it. That part, well, who did you apologize? Do you still to? you? Do you still go to therapy? Uh, four, five, three, couple times a week. Mm, Have you two times a week? Two times, that's good. Same guy. What about you? All these years. Yeah, all the all the same guy. Yeah. Yeah, I saw. I do talk to him. I haven't um, before. It was a, a sporadic thing, and that was the problem. And I think you told me, no, you got to go every week, twice a week. And I started doing that a few years ago again, uh, longer. Oh, once I sobered up, he, you know, he was, he's been a great guide for me. He makes these, he writes these little cards out, you know, and he, I take them around. Um, and he's been, uh, you know, he's, he's a, he's like another one of these older guys. It's, it's not, when I go to talk to him, it's not like, you know, how does this make you feel? You know, it's just like talking to this old dude. It's like, it's one of the first things he said was, you weren't such a fucking idiot. You realize how good you have it, you know? I said, you're right. He said that? Yeah. Really? That's yeah. odd. Have you watched this thing on Netflix? Uh, Stutz, it's called. It's really it's interesting. Uh, I, yeah. You're right. Uh, you, you, well, listen, I know I know you have a uh, what they call a hard out. 10-15, you got to leave because you're going to The View. I, I know, understand. But, uh, oh, it's 10-12. 10, 10, I thought yeah, I had to 10-30 or something. I always hate it when people, when I'm watching your show and somebody says, he's got to go. 
You know, well, yeah, I mean, uh, what can I do? But yeah. um, uh, I John words. writes a bunch of funny stuff in his book and some really touching things like, uh, uh, I like his story about the sperm bank when you're trying to conceive with your wife and yeah. you go in there and they Have they you ever call done that? You. No, I, I've never oh done that. God, I've never jerked so off into a cup. What did you say to the nurse? Tell the people real quick. You were, you were jerking off into the cup and you said, <laughs> oh. What? oh, I know what you said. Well, I was trying to, I, I, you know, it's embarrassing. And, I, you know, and I think I put my f- false name in there, but they didn't use it. There's, John, Stamos, and there's a bunch of other guys in there and I'm trying to make jokes about everything. And that's one of the things I've tried to really work on is like, be focused, be serious. It's so hard for me to be serious. Be serious and don't joke to get out of things but then i did I tell like, everyone what your fake name is when you have you know you don't I want to be john i change it now but it was size berling president of hair size berling <laughs> berling hair club for men robin just woke up um oh, I, no, i'm kidding robin been I, listening to everything i, I know I john just, by, by the way your hair is uh, all your own right i mean that's <laughs> yeah, your hair and yeah. you too uh, yeah oh, what do you yeah. do do you what do you? No, I don't. What What do you do? You uh, do you put gel in your hair? Well, I mean, it always has a good look. Your hair. What is? What, what's shit your routine? There's from the nineties. I don't have much of it. It's um, I was my well, good hair. Yeah, you got good hair. Wait, you so the look, the look. sperm thing. I, yeah. So I go. So I make jokes like I'm sitting next to the guy. Says, you come here often, uh-huh. and then I go in. It's the weirdest <laughs> fucking thing because so. And this is the God's honest truth. You go in, and she goes. Uh, she goes. Um, there's. You know, here's the lube over there. It looked like a, a, a big glass jar of condiments or something. You know, it's like, well, I'm really not going to use relish. And, but it's, I don't need, I was like, I don't need lube. And she was like, and there's a, you know, porn, there's some DVDs and there's a, a cable TV if you want to go to Skinamax or whatever. I said, okay, thank you. I don't need that. And I get in there and I could hear them and talking. And do you not come for like a couple of days beforehand so you'll yes, be right, all built up? Right, right, yeah, right. okay. And, and, and I did it a few times and, I, you know, Caitlin calls it, it's time. You got to go. You got to go. And I'm like, I'm in the, I was doing a Muppet movie. I was on the stage with the Muppets. And I said, I got a jerk. And I would do it and I'd give it to a messenger. And I said, that's some food. Be careful. And take it to my, you know, this doctor's office. <laughs> but I go in and, and I could, so I'm jerking and I could hear them right outside the door. I go, what the fuck? This place, don't they soundproof it? And no. Horrible. And I could hear, and so, so then I was like, okay. Sh-, and it wasn't, so then it wasn't working. And then I'm trying to think of all these things. and So I go in to do the thing and I turn the TV on. I swear to God on this happened. As I, I turn it on, and for whatever reason, it was on Netflix, and the Fuller House pay thing was on it. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, and and I'm like, wow. if I'm going to jerk off to myself, it's not going to be this this one. I'm going to be the old, <laughs> you know, old OG Jesse. The right. whole thing was uh, odd and uncomfortable, but you know, I guess it is funny. But then you walked out of the room after you came, and you go um, here. You know, you hand them your sample, and you go, um, uh, "I'm never coming again." Is that what you said? <laughs> never like come. That. Come back. Like I'm not yeah, coming yeah. Again. What a joke show! All right, look. Uh, yeah. John Stamos has to go to the View. He's on a roll. He's promoting this book now. I'm going to recommend to people that if you're interested in this book, you should do the listen. Oh yeah. Get right. the audio book. That's what I did. Yeah. And like uh, the I found it. I loved it, Robin, because as I told John in a private message that he released to the New York Times, uh, I, 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 I was uh, so worried. I played it for her. I didn't give it to her. And she, and she emailed me 20 times. Are you sure Howard's okay? I said, I think it's okay. I just played it. And he said some nice things. And Right? Yeah. I left John a note where I told him when he did the audio book that mm-hmm. he did it just right. He's very conversational. He didn't overplay it. We could just he play it if you it. want. <laughs> um, go ahead. Play the message <laughs> since you played it for the New York Times. Well, I uh, wanted to said such nice things about it. 
Um, I, I didn't know you'd be playing it for the New York Times. I thought maybe <laughs> there was a private message between the two of us. Well, it I was a glowing review. And, it, it, you know, again, it just meant so much to me. Thank you, Art. Well, you're welcome. And I really meant it. I thought that the book was really well done. And I and I listened to the whole thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, a lot, Unlike a lot of books, you listen to 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it. Thank you. And uh, I think the book's a great read. It's called uh, Would, if, uh, you would have, uh, if You Would Have Told Me. That's it. If You Would Have Told Me. Yes. And uh, John Stamos, what a life. And I got to, did I meet your wife? I don't think I ever met your wife. I, I was, you, you, you and Beth, fa or I FaceTimed you, and you're like, why do you got to FaceTime all the time? And then uh, I was at my house, and, and you and Beth said hi to yeah, her. Yeah, but that's so. how we met. Yeah. yeah. We've never uh, really met. But, well, let's, uh, uh, she was going to come, but she stayed home with, with my son. My son, you'd like him. He's a character. He's, he's a character. A, is he good looking? He's got to be. Your yes, wife's gorgeous. It, it and you're me gorgeous. Off. I, mean, I wasn't yeah. good looking at his age. He's got girlfriends, and I wasn't like that. But he's he's like that. He's got a, he, the he, at my birthday party. He had Stella, Bella, Isabella, and uh, Charlotte. <laughs> I don't know if she got it. Wow. And you see these pictures. And we were just at Disney uh, Paris recently, and we we're there two days. The first uh, this is uh, the first day he goes. Uh, the first day we had this guide, and she was a nice like fifty year old French woman, and he didn't give a shit. The next day, this beautiful. 30 year old you know guide comes in hello and he's like his eyes pop out like he's you know a cartoon and um and, and here's his movie he goes so uh what's my favorite color like you gotta guess his shit no what's my favorite uh, yeah. horse you know and so i'm not paying attention i can overhear him going and i have this girlfriend her name is bella and she lives down the street and she's really cool and her dad is uh is uh ken fuchs who directs uh um the bachelor and the bachelorette which he talked about all the time and he's right and then then she walks, then she, excuse me, and she has to go to the restroom. Just as she's out of earshot, he looks at me and goes, Why did I tell her I had a girlfriend? <laughs> How old is this kid? Five and a half. Like he had a shot at her. Five and a half. He has his shit together. Well, does he look yeah. like you or does he look like Caitlin? Who does he look like? He doesn't like? look like either of us. And that's weird. Wow. He, He's got to be good looking. I mean, if he isn't, it's going to be a curse. I mean, it's like, 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 how would God do that? <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, <laughs> but he's a good boy. Yeah. And by the way, Caitlin's so great. I was like, hey, no means no. Respect women. She's very, we have those conversations, which, you know, we never had as a kid, but it was. You set limits. Important. Yes. You set limits course, with yeah. the kid. Yeah. All right. I will well, be all right, John, you got to go. I'm getting 50 fucking oh, messages on, on my computer. All right, I love here. you. Thanks for having me. Um, right, I love you, too. Great. And I love you, Robin. Thank you. Congratulations uh, on the book. A couple things I want to say to okay. John. First of all, go you ahead, know how Robin. Ronnie changed after marriage. Right. You know, there's a whole, there's a new John Stamos. Since really? he's become a, a husband and a family man. Right. And it's really beautiful to see. And the other thing is, you can be proud of this interview. Oh, good. Thank you. It's a great interview. You know, it, over the, I was back there. I was like, Oh my God, it's so great to be here now because I'm not scared shitless. I'm not going to say uh, you're going to, you guys, you know, will protect me. I'm not going to say anything that I shouldn't say. And, uh, it just feels great. You've, you've come so far, both of you guys to a place where you're just, the, and I said this to Howard a few times and same with you, Robert, you guys are the best at what you do. Who can say that? There's, there's no, 20 actors I, that are the best. There's 20 musicians. You, that's right. you are the best at what you do. And I'm so kind. grateful Thank to you. be your friend. You really are. Thank you. Listen. You are. Enough You're of the mutual amazing. Life. Thank you. You've been a great friend to this show. Thank you right. so You really much. have. He even went to Gary's vinyl party. I don't know why, but John was there. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> next time. We have plenty to talk about, but we've run out of time because okay. of your view appearance. Well, He's got promoting the book Fallon like today and Drew Barrymore. And oh, oh Drew Barrymore and Fallon. Look at you. This is going to be good. I, listen, I love you. You, you go, go have fun and... Uh, 
and uh, thanks for uh, giving us your time. John you, Stamos, everybody. Audience. Look at this guy. Love Still you. handsome. <laughs> He's, I don't know. No plastic surgery. You look better. Look oh, I had you. a nose job. I talk about it in the book. Well, that a was a long... You talk about that. I'm talking about you haven't uh, done a facelift or anything, no, right? No. Look at you. Handsome bastard. It's, uh, I don't know. You yeah. look better than, than I've seen in a long time. I'm not kidding. <laughs> He's I don't know what that means, John. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, look, this private parts. Hey, by the way, John says Michael Jackson's doctor did his nose job. I, we, thank wow. God he didn't give you Michael Jackson's nose. Dude. Tell me Your about career would have been over. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah, that's amazing because that's a good nose. Yeah. I think it's time to go. <laughs> okay. yeah. I love you guys. Bye, John. Thank you. Love you, too. Love you, too. John Stamos. Look at that. He hit on you years ago. This is no bullshit. Robin was with John somewhere. And I he think said, that Let's must go have fuck. been during the drinking. You know, when he now that he's talking about <laughs> it was all crazy. the drinking, I guess that was going on then. You turned him down. You're probably the only yeah. one. You I, were like, was he was like, like, hey, you want to go up to the, that. she was alone with him. He said, you want to go up to the hotel room? He was going to give you the, says, uh, you know what we ought to do? Like, this is going to be the greatest idea anybody's yeah. ever heard yeah and i said what he says we ought to sleep together <laughs> yeah <laughs> why the fuck didn't like, you do that that's not a great idea <laughs> now looking back on your life it might have been a great idea i maybe i don't know but you know the the long line of supermodels was very intimidating intimidating yeah yeah you turning him down might have been the rock bottom that forced him into a rehab. <laughs> Maybe that's mind. what it was. <laughs> I'd like to be of help. Crazy stories in that book, too. Paul Abdul, uh, John was writing like, like she was so famous that she wanted to come watch him tape Full House. She had to be snuck in like and sit underneath the bleachers. That's you know how, how they do that. That's how big she was. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know who he didn't put? Well, I'll wait for him to be here. But there were a couple of people he didn't put in there that that I think yeah, he's spoken they about. Should but, have, yeah, yeah. yeah some Imagine you're sitting and you're like meeting the cast of this movie and the directors there, and everyone's in a restaurant around a table, and this woman starts jerking him off underneath the table. I mean, it's crazy. It's this this gorgeous woman, gorgeous woman. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, but what do you do? You're, you know, you're trying to do business. I think, you know what, I'm such an uptight asshole. And I'm not kidding. I would have probably pushed her hand away because yeah, I'd be too uptight. Yeah. I would have been embarrassed. I know you think I'm bullshitting you, but I'm telling you the truth. No, I don't think I, I could have dealt with it. Because you, how do, how do you handle it? Plus, my schlong is so bad in a sitting position. Like, I need to be standing so I can be fully aroused. You know, when I'm sitting, things seem smaller. You know, I. <laughs> it would yeah. all be bad. It would, you know, cause anxiety. And the other crazy, we ran out of time, but he writes about Heather Locklear, who is such a great beauty. And mm. she invited him up to the room, but he got too drunk and he ended up passing out in his own room. Wow. I don't know. I don't know if they ever eventually got the bang, but. You know you're good looking when you when when you're like passing out. Uh, and you know, you, know like, you yeah. got a problem. You should know you yeah. got a problem. You, you got a problem. Heather Locklear, one of the greatest beauties of all time.
You wouldn't see me drinking or passing out if Heather Locklear said, come if up to my room. If she had called, yeah. If she had called, yeah. you'd have been ready. Oh, yes. Ready and able. <laughs> I'll be right over, honey. No, don't come till tonight. No, no, no. I'm coming over now, and I'll stand outside your door until you're ready for me. <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, he's a character. All right. Anyway, uh, the book is called, um, If You Would Have Told Me. It's available now from... John Stamos out there uh, writing a book. How do you like that? Hey, by the way, I'm going to credit myself. I told John to write a book, and this is from, I don't know what year this is from. Oh, yeah? Oh, two, I told him this two years ago when he was on the show. Listen to this. It would be the greatest book ever if John wrote a book about it. <laughs> Some of us have had a glimpse of what John has been up to in his life, and it's probably the greatest life that anyone has ever lived. The music is... Uh, John What's must have posted music that. From? He put the music on there, not me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but there it is. I, you know, I didn't even get an acknowledgement for that. <laughs> he's still handsome, too. You know, I think he's 60 oh years old. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm, you know, every time you see him, he's so stunning that mm. it's, it's shocking. You know, because it's... Yeah gets better it, you know he was young and he was gorgeous and he's now old and he's gorgeous and you didn't bang him i'll no. tell you something you are a mystery to me i understand the intimidating thing i remember you know you talk about Lori and massimo i remember yeah. being in a room because you know he was on broadway and i went to see him and then i went backstage and there's Lori and massimo sitting in a chair together and and John is sitting on the floor and I'm sitting in the other chair. And and that's three gorgeous people. Right. Because Massimo is gorgeous. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, look, look at where I am. I'm like the ugliest person oh, in this room. That. Meanwhile, John they're, wanted to bang they're you. They're all gorgeous. I look down at John. I'm like, oh, my God, he looks like an angel. Then I look over at Lori. I'm like, well, she looks like an angel. And Massimo's just absolutely gorgeous. He could be You a should have banged him. You should have blown his mind, darling. No, it was what too much. What is wrong with you? Too, too intimidating. Much, huh? Too much pressure? <laughs> yes. You know, though, but in my lifetime, I've, I, I've had some women that I think are beautiful. You go for it. You go for it. You don't, uh, you got to. I loved John, and I yeah. thought that would make a mess. Go for it. Of our relationship. You would have been so orgasmic because when you're that hot for a guy, you know how you get. Yeah, it but, but again, would I want to see him walking into the studio to do an interview? I don't know. I sure. just, I had uh, the foresight to uh, say, I don't know if I could uh, handle it. Uh, you're too professional. Uh, you're too well thought out. Uh, I am. Mm, That's been a lot of my uh, problem. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right there. Uh, he turned down Will Smith, uh, who's a handsome guy. John Stamos, another uh, handsome guy. Use something else. You don't even know, probably. What was that guy's name? Who used to have the videos with the girls playing the instruments? Robert Palmer is that was that his name? Yeah, yeah, Robert Palmer. He came and visited me in my little cubicle at K Rock. And yeah. said, "Who are you?" And I'm like, oh. "What's this guy doing in my room?" 
Oh, wait a second. I didn't know you're, how to deal with it. You're telling me Robert Palmer. Might as well face it. I'm addicted to love. That guy. When he had done that song. And was he coming on to you? Yeah. Why would anybody come into the room? He had looked at me really. What did he say to you? He just said, who are you? And what did you say? I don't know. <laughs> you said, I don't know who I am? No wonder he brought out. And Dennis like, Rodman wanted you. I'm not cool with this whole thing. Why not? Robert Palmer is a good-looking dude. Those cool people. What he about Dennis Rodman? He, you could have had him too. Please, who want uh, again? You and, know, and me. one of the and there one of the greatest people, baseball players, Lenny too Dykstra. Too many people, Lenny Dykstra. Yeah, yeah. Wow. too many people. I don't like a crowd. I don't want to be yeah. part Looking of a, good, a numbers Robin. group. So yeah, it was. Uh, it's funny. I'm thinking back to some crazy. of the guys. I'm thinking back to some of the guys you chose. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't have to worry about them. You <laughs> were <laughs> not intimidated. <laughs> didn't Robert Palmer write Simply Irresistible about you? I Maybe think, that I, was my yeah. song. <laughs> you never even told me about Robert Palmer. No, I mean, I was really freaked out because we were alone. And you know who else wanted you real bad? And you can't deny it. Clarence oh, yeah. Clemens of the E Street Clarence. Band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you turned him down, too. Wanted to get in a bathtub with you, a whole thing. <laughs> Joe Frazier. Yes, I was going to say, Joe Frazier. Oh, man, oh, every time, Robin. And that the other song one, you know, he sang. The, the yeah. other one, you know who loved you, Robin, just adored you? Who? Ted the Janitor. He. Oh, oh wow, come on. Now you're being oh, silly. <laughs> I'm talking about famous men who wanted to bang Robin. She said no. Well, she had I her. think I think Penn Gillette was upset because he looked too much like you. What? And he when we walked down the street together, people would say, hi, Howard. <laughs> Just Poor because bastard. he was with me. <laughs> Poor Penn. <laughs> and I think that was the end of our little flirtation. Well, you've got quite a story in you, my dear. No, there's no story because I never pursued anything. I was just like, I'm not cool like that. It's said, so good. Oh, that's that's <laughs> that's uh, Joe Frazier, the greatest of all time. When somebody love you back, to be I love this man. And love in return is the only thing my heart desires <laughs> to appreciate the little things I do. Oh, you're the one that got me inspired. Keep on lifting me, lifting me higher. So good. You realize how great that. Man was. I know how great he was. Did you did you watch? Uh, I think it was on Netflix. It was the um, it was Joe Frazier's story. No, was it a movie? Yeah. I haven't. Or was it George that. Foreman? It was no. Maybe it was the George Foreman story. Boy, there is a George Foreman story. Is it? Did you watch that? I liked it. Was I it a movie it or a documentary, Howard? A movie. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a guy playing George Foreman. It was really good yeah. with the Ali Foreman fight too. Uh, you would like it. I thought it was real good. To go um, back and watch that. Joe Frazier was the greatest. And I'm telling you, the reason... Well, uh, I have to say, I got 
I got to know both, uh, sort of a little bit of both of them, and they both sort of said something like, you know, Joe was, uh, you know, Joe came to my book signing in Philly. <laughs> I know he did. He wanted you. <laughs> I was like, he was serious you? about it. He was, yeah, he was very serious. And he wanted uh, it. when I met Muhammad Ali, uh, you know, I was standing there and he, you know, we took a picture together and we wound up all wrapped up around each other, but it took us a while to get wrapped up around each other. And the photographer dropped her camera and said, are you two finished? And I I'll said, you, you yeah. have to forgive us because we're falling in love. And Muhammad whispered in my ear, you don't know how right you are. <laughs> wow. Imagine you bang Muhammad Ali. <laughs> no, I oh, was never going to bang Muhammad That would have been amazing. <laughs> Let me tell you, Joe's the Joe's one of the good reasons why Muhammad Ali was he had his brain scrambled. I'm telling you, Joe hit hard. Rest in peace, Joe Frazier. We love that guy. Robin, uh, Robin had you, Robin. You had an effect on men that was I would would watch (laughs) it. It would be so crazy. Now this guy wasn't super famous, but he was a um, a producer over at Letterman, and he was in love with you. And he gave the craziest line. I still have it like emblazoned in my head. He sees you and he grabs you by your hand and he goes, "Robin, time has not diminished your beauty one iota." (laughs) So true. Oh my goodness. Frank. Well, anyway, we could go on and on and on about all the admirers over the years for Robin, but uh, Hello, there's not Gary, enough time. I'm calling to get Robin's phone number, or better yet, tell Robin Quivers to call me anytime and uh, leave a message for me. Have her call me soon, okay? Bye. That man knows how to perform magic. Yeah, I'm you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Anyway, uh, yeah, good to you see. Know, and and we're not remembering uh, Sam Kennison. Oh, I had some scene <laughs> in my office back at K Rock. He was he was he was uh, inebriated. He had just gotten out of a rehab or something, or he had stopped drinking, and then um, I don't know. Somehow there was a case of champagne around, and Sam was right. drinking, <laughs> and God knows what. And uh, next thing I know, he's thrusting into robin against the wall and i'm like "Uh oh <laughs> what am i gonna do here i gotta get him off robin but that wasn't the first uh, time he also had the great idea robin we should sleep together just think of the headlines <laughs> hey the man was a genius he would have been an honor i'm sure i love that guy i was thinking about sam the other day all the people i know yeah. were now dead Boy, he he was so young when he died. When you think back, I mean, it was yeah. crazy. And to die in a car accident as opposed to from an overdose, I mean, it was unbelievably sad. What a brilliant comedy mind, that guy. And, gee, we had a lot of fun with him. But, yeah, I, there was a time there I had to pull him off Robin. Robin was like <laughs> flypaper to some of these guys. I was constantly <laughs> separating her from them. People taking advantage of her. Oh, but, my uh, goodness. You know, you go back in time. Turns out every almost every guest we had on the show wanted to fuck Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Robin. Robin, sweetie. Anyway, uh, there you go. Well, tomorrow we got a whole full agenda for the show. I'm not going to tell you everything I got going on for tomorrow, but it's pretty massive. So we got to get in here and get right to work. But uh, right now we're going to end the show. So, uh, all right. Uh, tune in tomorrow. We'll be back with you. Bye. <laughs>